0: Where are their mouths? Uh, 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 <laughs> we'll have a blooper track this time. Um, fuck. Why can't I get a sentence right? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Just tell them about the talent show.
0: <laughs> the, the husband and I. Bleh, we get the husband nerd. I'm trying to say something here and I can't fucking get it out. Use your words. I'm sorry that was your leg there. Um, Evil dies tonight.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. Remarried. Remarried. Are,
0: you, are we going to do that every time?
1: We're going to do it every time. I'm Travis.
0: Hi, I'm Ashley.
1: And we made it to number one.
0: Number one.
1: Yeah. I still wish I could sound like that guy.
0: Number one.
1: It sounds so cool. <laughs> Although I have gotten some feedback.
0: Oh my God. Oh my and God. And I'm thinking. I'm surprised any of your hats can still fit.
1: They don't. <laughs> I think for a little extra income, maybe I should do a 900 number. <laughs> do you remember those they used to have on TV? Yeah. <laughs> Lonely need someone to talk to? <laughs> Do you remember those? Yes.
0: I think um, if you were if you were up all night and <laughs> watching Rhonda Shear, you would get those ads for that where you'd get like girls in bikinis or underwear. Or lingerie. Whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> with the big hair oh man.
1: Yeah, it was the nineties, but they were still rocking like the eighties hair. Yeah, that, stuff that, the that, tease it to Jesus hairstyle.
0: Yeah, stuff we should not have been <laughs> seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Weren't Saturday nights the best? <laughs> they
1: were the best. So, back to number one. Back to number one. Number one is Halloween Kills. Yes, it is. Which we originally aired on November the 19th, 2021. So, kind of surprised that a movie this new made the list. Um, not not new in our I'm, recording, but just I'm a not, more recent movie.
0: I'm not, I guess. Um, We were talking about this off mic a little bit, and we were wondering... Was it due to the fact that this was such a highly divisive film and everybody was kind of going around seeing what everybody's opinions were or is it just because nobody else was really nobody else tends to do new releases really i mean i i know a lot of podcasts that do but as a general rule people tend to like films to marinate for a while before they talk about them on mic
1: well we got really fortunate because this one was in theaters and on was it paramount uh peacock and uh so we had an opportunity to watch it in the theaters and then come home and watch it here right. several times. So,
0: But not only was it divisive among the masses, it was actually divisive between me and you. I don't think that it still is.
1: No. I. The first time we watched it in the theater, I was just like, oh, man, this is, this is awesome, right? It's awesome stuff. And then we get to Evil Dies Tonight, <laughs> right? Because they kind of... They, they they slip it in on you you've got the <laughs> the firefighter scene and you're like this is the most badass thing i've ever seen in right.
0: my life yeah especially with the the recreation of the 78
1: right aesthetic and so you're all geared up for that movie and then you go to a bar and the bird whistler is telling a story <laughs> about something traumatic that happened to him that really wasn't traumatic at all so and then evil dies tonight for two hours
0: or 40 years ago right it needs to die
1: there was just i don't know we watched it again just recently and i still like the movie they could shorten that runtime up a lot
0: uh after having some time to really sit with it i agree i agree with that sentiment um I feel like when we first went to see it, I, I'm, I'm not going to say we argued about it. We didn't really argue about it because that's stupid, but we did debate a little bit because I was like, I came out on a high with that film and you were a little underwhelmed with it and I was like dead set in defending it, um, which I, I think I did sway you a little bit. Um, When I was saying, you know, think of this as the two towers of the trilogy. Yeah. But like you were saying, having gone back and revisited it, it it definitely feels like a slog in some places I noticed this time.
1: There's some tough stuff to get to. There's some strange acting. um, Oh, for sure. But... I think for me, a lot of it is there's so much stuff in there that they left in that I really feel like they should have cut out scenes that just go on too long. Uh, the hospital chase scene uh, where they're chasing the the uh, the other escaped patient.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I to me that scene goes on too long. I agree, and I understand that the purpose of that is to demonstrate the effect that Michael Myers has had on this community, and he's basically turned them all into monsters. But
0: Bracket <laughs> tells us as such a, <laughs> he does,
1: but that's a long ass scene.
0: It really is, and
1: I don't need it to be that long for them to, to bring that point around. Mm-hmm. So well,
0: I think. as soon as we saw or established that we were going to be in Haddonfield Memorial I think there was a collective oh shit amongst the majority of us going are we really going to repeat Halloween 2 again we kind of did a little bit because it's the same thing you know Lori was kind of useless in Halloween 2 she was delegated to just staying in a bed for the almost the entire runtime of the film
1: that's what she did in this one that's what she
0: did in this one yeah
1: but I don't No, i i'm glad they didn't bring michael to the hospital i just don't think that i didn't need all that Mm -hmm. i guess i'm not saying that they should have cut it out completely but like the chase scene specifically where it's just a bunch of assholes running through the hospital, knocking people down. Evil dies tonight. Like it just—it seems like it went on forever. In the bar scene, like I get it when they're setting it up and introducing the characters of Lonnie and all of them. It, okay, that's fine. But later we go back and there's a guy on stage with a dummy telling jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't need all that shit. Right? You can cut that out. He's—he's—is well, I say that. Halloween ends is coming up soon, and maybe the guy and his dummy will be playing a pivotal role in the final film. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. But right now, they, they don't mean anything. The jokes right. weren't funny. Like he was just there. It was just padding runtime. Yeah, to me. a lot. And the,
0: a lot of stuff felt like padding runtime.
1: So still a good movie, but oh, I, I feel I still, like...
0: Yeah, I still love it. And there are brilliant things that they did with it. There are scenes that I absolutely love and think are, are some of the best in this trilogy. Um, of course, without having seen ends yet. But there are, I, I don't know, I, I don't want it to sound like we're we're ripping on it at all, because I I'm absolutely not. But I just feel like, in general, it could have been a tighter story
1: yeah uh, i would agree with that one thing two things two things stand out to me though that because uh, i'm not i'm not hating on the movie they just they made some choices that i probably would have made differently but uh from a positive standpoint i think the cinematography in this movie was on point oh yeah it's it's pretty awesome um all the 1978 shots they're great i i mean it looks almost almost like the original it's fantastic the actor that they got to play young michael amazing job Um, You even said he he moves pretty much like Nick Castle. Yeah. So I feel like that was great. I didn't realize uh, it
0: was another actor until after the fact, because I had thought that that was James Jude Courtney also. And then when I found out that it wasn't, that they had gotten a younger actor so that they would have someone with a little bit more speed, I was just, my mind was completely blown. I was where did they find this guy? Like, Uh, shit. Same thing with um, the actor, which I think was a member of the crew that they had portray Loomis. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, the work that was done on him his makeup i think all of us thought that he was a deep fake at for at first until
1: i I thought they cg'd it like they um like the i don't know that dick general guy in the star wars movies (laughs) because he passed away and they got permission and so his face is all computer generated
0: yeah and they did the same thing with carrie fisher at the end of rogue one yeah
1: and i thought that that was what they had done here that's what i thought too but no they did damn good job
0: they really really did the the makeup um is just outstanding
1: yeah but like the I think scene it was
0: christopher nelson i think that's his name he just
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's right um but the scene at laurie's house when it's burning and he steps out onto the porch oh and my it, you know he's God. wet and they're spraying water in the flames behind him just if
0: you didn't get a boner a murder is, boner you're
1: dead that is a just yeah <laughs> that scene is amazing that whole sequence is amazing it really but is the, the movie's full of, of good shots like that that are just oh mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know I don't have I don't have good words, but they're amazing. The other thing is the score. I mean, that's like Viagra. Yeah, I, I downloaded. <laughs> you know, that. it won't, it won't just get you hard. It'll keep you hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I, I downloaded it because it was. Some of the best work I've ever heard. I, I actually like some of that stuff better than I like the original score, if I'm being completely honest.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think my favorite out of all of it is the uh, the music at the end, mm-hmm. at, at the final fight, you know, when he picks his mask up and he puts it back on. Right. Man, that's like Avengers Assemble level <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think those two components there were amazing. Hey, if it's if it's got, for me, if it's got a weak part, it's the story itself.
0: I just I don't I don't know. I yeah. don't I don't know how to describe what I'm what I'm thinking. It just it felt a little bit like a mess tonally, I guess, because like you said, we we set the bar in that 78 flashback of what it was capable of. And it had some of the same beats and some of the same stings, um, musical cues even, that put you back in that mindset from 78. So then it gets a little jarring when you get into the real-time stuff.
1: Yeah, I I agree there. Because you're right. The 78 uh, sequence and and for me, in particular, the firefighter fight scene, mm-hmm. they set the bar really, really high yeah. right at the beginning of the movie. And then for the rest of the movie, they just limboed under that bar. <laughs> like they never they never quite got back up there again.
0: Well, I, I don't know that I completely agree because that scene that you're talking about in particular at the end of the film when they think they've got Michael, they've got his number, and then he pops up, puts his mask back on, and slaughters everybody. I love that scene,
1: too. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's, um, like, it's like two hills, mm-hmm. but there's a big valley in between them. Right.
0: Michael himself is on point.
1: Oh, he's fantastic! It's
0: everything between that I think suffers a little bit. Now there are bright spots in there. Um, big John, Little John, though those were two of my favorite additions um, to new characters of the film. But I don't know, like I, like I said, I, I think it's it's the hospital stuff and it's the bar stuff and and honestly, I'm still not a big fan of Tommy's storyline.
1: Yeah. I- I don't, I don't know what I would have done differently there. Uh, I, I think that Tommy played a much larger role in this film than he should have because nothing really happened to him. I mean, honestly, same thing with Lonnie's character. He saw Michael Myers, so now he's a raging alcoholic. I don't...
0: I don't know that they say he's a raging
1: well, alcoholic. Well, no, but I mean, it's just... The way they describe their trauma does not match what we know happened in the movies prior. Does that make right. sense? Like they're making a big deal out of really something that wasn't significant at all. Right. Um, and so that's that's it. I, it. Maybe it's the writing. I think that's it. Yeah. Because honestly, the the actor that played Tommy and I can't remember that guy's three names <laughs> because everybody has three fucking names now.
0: <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall.
1: <laughs> yeah, that guy. Is that weird science? Yes. God damn, he got old. <laughs> I guess it happens. So did we. (laughs) Yeah. Um, he's a good actor.
0: Oh, yeah. He, but I
1: think his 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 character wasn't written very well.
0: I don't think so. I, I think um, that's my problem with it because he's he's a fine actor.
1: But then you've got the guy that played Lonnie, even though I disagree with his reaction to what happened to him in 78. I don't I don't feel like those two things match up. He's a good actor. And yes. His, and his part was written better. Yes. So the writing is kind of all over the board, again, for me. And I just, I don't know. Thing, I have mixed emotions.
0: My thing with, with Tommy, and I get, okay... I get that he is this hero complex, maybe is what it is. That because this thing happened, he feels like he's the one that has to step up and right the wrongs. But I think it's, and and again, nothing against Anthony Michael Hall. He had this ego about him that I think was my problem. Like this guy really thought he was just going to take a baseball bat to Michael Myers. And he was acting like he was some kind of badass. That to me is earned. Michael Myers is a badass. You know what he's capable of. I don't think the way Tommy behaved was earned.
1: Yeah. Um, Another part of the writing is, it's interesting that they pointed it out, right? Lori thinks that he's coming back for her. The sheriff thinks it's his responsibility because it's his fault he's there in the first place. Tommy thinks he's got a sort of a white knight thing going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks it's about them. Yes. And I don't know, I would say that probably throughout the history of the franchise, it's been a thing, definitely for Laurie. But... Once you got away from the very first story, that's how those movies were written, where he was specifically coming for Jamie. He was specifically coming for Laurie. You know what I mean? He was after an individual. And this one highlights the fact that, no, he wasn't related to anyone. He just wanted to kill people and stare out his window.
0: It's like Jaws. And yeah, he's not singling out one person in particular. He's just killing whoever the fuck happens to be in his path to get where he's going.
1: And I like it that they point that out in this movie. It's uh, what's his name? The dipshit guy. Sheriff.
0: Will Patton. Yeah, I mean, that's the actor. But
1: yeah, I can't remember Hawkins. his name. Hawkins. Hawkins Elementary. Hawkins Middle <laughs> School. Stranger Things. Um, he points it out. It's not all about you But Lori. it's
0: not all about him either. But it,
1: but that's the thing. He turns yeah. around and tries to make it about him. Like, fucker, it's not about you either. No. Like, you, you shot your partner in the neck and you let him get away and you didn't let Loomis shoot him. But let's be honest, that wouldn't have stopped him anyway. He'd already been shot six times. <laughs> right. Right. What's one more? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to make it about him. I, I don't know. they'd very. Uh, it was a whole bunch of really selfish storylines that they kind of sewed together there. I think.
0: I think that was the point. And and to me, and it's a problem mm. that I have with the hospital stuff too. Is it's not entirely believable to me. And I and I understand that this is a horror film and it's and and it's, it's fiction. fiction. But at the same time, there was a sense of believability in 78 that, you know, like everybody points out, any t- any town USA that this one escapee just goes and starts killing people and he does it really low key and silently where it's, it's believable that something like this could happen. But this whole mob forming in a fucking hospital and there's no law enforcement breaking it up or staff, everybody's in this fucking mob. I just don't buy it.
1: Yeah. I never underestimate the stupidity of people in large numbers
0: uh yes i'm aware of black friday
1: (laughs) well yeah but you know i'm not you know what that's political i'm not gonna talk about people rushing the white house but people do stupid shit when you get them in big groups and usually the loudest idiot is the one that does all the talking
0: right in this case tommy
1: and he was the loudest idiot and what's worse is even after it's over he was like i fucked up i gotta go do something like no (laughs) bitch you've done enough sit down sit down (laughs) just go home (laughs) like you fucked stuff up for everybody now and you just killed that guy congratulations right um i just didn't i don't know i didn't care for his character which sucks because i think the actor's good yeah Um, yeah although they threw that around about paul rudd coming back because he was the last grown-ish tommy Right. right? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is everybody that played in these movies that they brought back got fucking old, except for him. Right. He still looks like he did in <laughs> All that. All aged in reverse. <laughs> he did, he still looks like he did in that whatever that was, Halloween Six or whatever. Like he there's not one extra wrinkle. <laughs> He's inhuman. I don't know. Um, I but you know what adding Paul Rudd. I like Paul Rudd a lot and I think he's hilarious, but this is not a funny movie. It's not intended to be a funny movie. I don't know that he would have fit. So, I mean, even though I don't like the way they wrote Tommy, I don't know that he would have been a good fit for this movie anyway. Right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like there's actors come with expectations. You know what I mean? You put Christian Bale in a movie, you have a certain expectation for what you're going to get from Christian Bale, which is a certain level of intensity. Mm -hmm. You put Paul Rudd in a movie, you have a different expectation. And I don't know that he would have matched up with this. The guy's a fantastic actor, but Mm -hmm. I don't so i think anthony michael hall was still a good choice i just
0: well i mean that being said there was some humor infused to 2018
1: there was a little bit yeah
0: but i felt like that it didn't work out as well for them this time like they still tried to inject some humor in there but for for me a lot of it fell flat the, at, at least maybe the way the lines were delivered
1: yeah There were things that I
0: laughed at that I don't think was supposed to be funny. Like, there's a scene at the beginning with those uh, bully kids and the little girl takes uh Lonnie's gumball or something she licks it and throws it and then slaps him in the face and I don't think that's supposed to be funny but the way she does it cracks me up she
1: just pimp slapped the shit out of him
0: (laughs) like it cracks me up so bad I don't it's not supposed to and the thing is is if that
1: little asshole was going to have trauma later in life it should be because of her not because of Michael Myers (laughs) she did way more to him than Michael Myers ever did
0: and, I, and I'm probably alone in this, but I actually like the updated version of the bullies that they have later on in the film, too, because...
1: Satan, not today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we, we think he's a pervert. That's, yeah. like, one of my favorite lines in the movie.
1: Okay. In real life, I can't stand smart-ass kids. No, <laughs> no, movies. absolutely not. In movies, I like smart-ass ass not, kids.
0: Yeah, if it's not my kid, I don't care. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. I don't want to have to deal with my kids acting like that, but it's <laughs> right. hilarious watching somebody else's kids act like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know um other than that i feel like the actors were all good for the most part i, I didn't
0: i feel like there was some overacting and hamming it up a little bit of
1: oh uh, yeah jamie, scenery lee, chewing. jamie lee curtis let it burn god almighty lady a,
0: a little bit let's this, not this be not, harsh let's not be harsh here
1: okay so back to expectations <laughs> for actors and actresses as long as she has been making films and made some great films would not have expected that to come from her.
0: No, no, no. It was a lot. There's like, a there's I'm, another line, it's like we fight, we always fight, and the way she says it it's just it's so hammy that I'm like, Oh yeah. why are you doing this to me?
1: I mean Knowing the, the caliber of actress that she is, it makes me wonder if... Because, I mean, this was the whole the whole point of her participating in this is that it's over. Mm-hmm. That was her condition, right? Is that her character never comes back or, or some shit like that. So it kind of makes me wonder on some of these where she's just like, yeah, fight. We always fight. Let it burn. If she's just like, yeah, fuck it. It's almost over.
0: Maybe. I don't, <laughs> I'm
1: serious. She's I like, don't know. She's like, I'm all out of give a shit. I'm just <laughs> like, let's just do this.
0: Yeah, Because I... That she does have points in 2018 where she does have a raised voice and does have freakouts and stuff, but it was more believable to me in 2018. Like for instance, the scene where she's waiting on the prison transport bus to take Michael away and she screams and cries in her car. That to me was believable. That right, you know, um, that felt like somebody who was genuinely broken.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that maybe you just hit on the point that I was trying to make. In this film, they didn't feel as genuine. Yeah, her her reactions didn't
0: yeah or um there's a scene where they tell allison's character that michael's still alive and she just what and it's like ah
1: yeah i mean a, that's, a
0: little bit and that's again nothing against amy or, come on
1: you were in true lies with arnold yeah you can do better
0: yeah uh that but that was nothing against andy mudacek either she she's fine i like her character just fine which one is she allison
1: <laughs> okay
0: but um, yeah, there there were just certain ways that the dialogue was delivered that I I think I would have gone back and said maybe dial that back just
1: a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but that that may not have nothing to do at all with the actors and the actresses. That could be the director. Could and be nothing yeah. against them at all. But you know they do take after take after take, and maybe when it got to editing, they were like, Pikachu, I choose you. This is the <laughs> one that's going in the fucking movie. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it might, it might be an editor. It's like, well, we're going to keep this one. Throw right. The rest of them out. Who knows?
0: But again, back back to it. We're not bashing this film. I still love this film. Um, it. I don't know. I, I feel like overall, and again, not having seen ends yet, this one really set the tone, I feel like. This was, like I said, everything with Michael is top-notch. I enjoyed all of Michael's sequences. The killing of the elderly couple. Um,
1: they made Michael... Particularly sadistic in this yes, movie.
0: Yes, absolutely. He was mean. And I like it. Yes. I enjoyed every bit he's of it. He's all
1: pent up. <laughs> well, I mean...
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Yeah. But seriously, though, I mean, it's that's what it felt like in this movie. Like, he had been in prison or in this the mental institution for all this time, and he's pissed off. And James Jude Courtney, without saying a word, conveyed that.
0: Yes, just in, in his body language like, alone.
1: He didn't have to say anything, and you can go he's angry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The way he's, I don't know. He was, he was probably, this is probably the most brutal Michael we've ever had. I agree. And I would get, I would even include Rob zombies, Halloween's in that he went uh. off. But he, it wasn't as believable. Yeah. I don't know. It just, this Michael is just like, he might be the meanest Michael we've gotten so far in my book.
0: I I don't agree. I think that um, Rob Zombie's Michael is pretty fucking brutal.
1: He um he was, but I would like but to... But I don't
0: know that I would say sadistic the way you were just saying. I think he's just a brute.
1: Yeah. And in this one, Michael's hurting people because he wants to hurt people. Yes. Um, I think Tyler Maines Michael, he's just trying to kill them. And if it happens to be really bad... Bad, then it's really bad, but it's not something that he's consciously setting out for it to be. Well,
0: no, like I said, it, it still feels angry.
1: And I want to point out, it just that doesn't they feel sadistic. A really good Halloween movie, and no one had to get raped in this one. I'm just saying.
0: Right. But like the way this Michael set up Big John and Little John in the same position as their photos, that's mean.
1: Yeah. You know? and, and, and Rob Zombie's Michael's violence sometimes seemed incidental. Like if he had found clothes at the truck stop, he wouldn't have killed Joe Grizzly. He would have just found clothes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. James Jude Courtney's Michael would have found the clothes and then gone and hunted him down anyway, I, I feel like. You know I what I mean? Know. I don't know. It's just.
0: They're just, they're, they're two different, two different styles. They're very, very film. different. Yes.
1: Two yes. very, very different Michaels. And I agree. the Tyler Maine Michael was intimidating. He's fucking huge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I James think James Courtney, Courtney's Michael's scarier he, to me.
0: He shows you that he can still be scary without having to be built like a brick shithouse. Right.
1: Because this Michael thinks. Mm-hmm. He's not just he's not just a brute, like you said. Right. He is a thinking, killing machine.
0: Yeah. And it it, that's, it that's, that's feels scary. methodical. Yeah. And without having to convey a lot at all. To,
1: and to me, that a smart enemy is, is more terrifying than a big one. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right at least the big one you can see him coming the smart one you might not Right. And, and that's, they captured, again, the stealth of the original Michael mm-hmm. in this one, I feel like, very well.
0: hundred percent. And nothing ever has made a Halligan tool look as scary as Michael Myers fucking makes it look.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I know a lot of people got pissed off about that scene and wanted it removed, right? Wanted them to take the, yes. the whole firefighter yeah, fight scene had out. Yeah, a
0: petition or whatever. I um, think we talked about this in the original record. Did we? Yeah, we did.
1: Well, I mean, we have a firefighter in the family, and mm-hmm. didn't he think that was a pretty badass scene? Yes. <laughs> so so, but you know, hey, Justin.
0: <laughs> but we're all poor lovers in, right. in this family, so. But
1: yeah, I don't know. Overall, I still like this movie, even with its problems. I like it in spite of its flaws. Same. And if you <laughs> haven't seen it, well, you've only gotten until October 14th. <laughs> because on October 14th, you have to buy me a birthday present and you have to go watch <laughs> Halloween eggs.
0: Do not say that. Literally, every time you say "Hey, minions, go buy this," how many times have they not?
1: They always. Okay, so I feel bad. I retract that.
0: <laughs> yes. Do don't not tell anyone about buy your birthday buy present. Don't buy
1: me stuff. It's a it's a joke. It's not meant to be taken literally.
0: Besides, Michael Myers will be birthday present enough.
1: Indeed. <laughs> Except I'm pretty sure I get fucking work that day. So... Aww. Yeah. I'll be rolling <laughs> beer instead of sitting down and watching a movie. But, you know, there's always the weekend.
0: But if you've not... If you've been on the fence about checking out this trilogy in general, I would urge you to. If If you're... I wouldn't say necessarily if you're a Halloween purist, you should check it out. But if you're someone who just loves the character of Michael Myers, I would absolutely urge you, if you've not checked out this trilogy yet, to go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, because I would say that these two entries for sure are still better than some of the later entries we got earlier in the franchise. Right. Because um, I was not a fan of 4, 5, and 6. Not really. Um, and I would say this trumps all of them. It's uh, better than H2O. In my book, you mm-hmm. may disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's miles. miles. It's so much better than Resurrection they might not even have the same characters in them. (laughs) Michael Myers might not even be in resurrection. He might not be like, that's how much better this one is.
0: But speaking of which, since we're going to wrap this up and let you guys enjoy the episode um, for everybody that was so super kind to us last year and said, Hey, I, we loved your Halloween content. Um, we're pretty much going to give that to you again this month. Uh, like I said, this is our number one. So we're coming back for season three. Woo-hoo!
1: So we're those people that if we tell one joke and everybody laughs, we just keep telling the same joke until <laughs> it's not funny anymore that's no. what, That's how we do we've
0: only got so many halloween films that we can cover
1: <laughs> yeah and you're gonna make me talk about busta rhymes fighting michael myers aren't you
0: see i'm going i don't nobody know nobody wants
1: to hear that shit.
0: I, I know i said that let's talk about resurrection but now i'm going we haven't talked about 2018 either this is true so i'll trade you i <laughs> going to say, let's leave this to be determined. We will discuss it. But we've got four more weeks of prime Michael Myers time. So get ready for that. We're going to come back.
1: So we can do one and two. Yeah. I'm trying we're- to figure a way around that one. <laughs> so we could do one. We could do two. We could do 2018.
0: And God then damn, ends. I
1: will do I will do a review on a Rob Zombie Halloween as long as you don't make me watch Buster Rhymes.
0: Oh, my God. At some point we will cover it. But we just don't know if that's in the coming weeks or if that will be next year
1: uncool bro <laughs> uncool that so
0: we will discuss if nothing else we can just riff the shit out of it
1: see now i like that we'll just <laughs> mystery science theater the fuck out of that movie
0: <laughs> but anyway so next week we'll be back with halloween 1978 our season three opener it's
1: about damn time
0: <laughs> until then guys enjoy the episode
1: bye warning the following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Evil dies tonight! 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host, Travis. Hello, I'm Ashley. And we're going to do Halloween Kills. Yay! I know you thought, thank God Halloween <laughs> is over. We don't have to hear about it anymore. But it's been up for a while. And we decided that enough grass has grown under this thing for us to go ahead and do a review. Because I've been really wanting to get after this thing. Oh, yeah, guys. He's been chopping at the bit. So this movie has been, I don't know, I guess critically, it has been destroyed.
0: <laughs> yeah. But before There's... we before we dive into it, though, I just want to make another note. This is my second full week of being sick. So I may sound better than I did last week, but I probably still sound just a little bit shitty tonight, and I apologize. Thank you again, guys, for bearing with me. And yeah, after an hour of <laughs> trying, we we like almost did not get to sign into our Peacock because my dumbass forgot the password, and so we finally got fucking set up and in here ready to go with the movie. And then we couldn't get our audio situation to work right, so we could watch this film as we're going, which is what we're doing differently tonight. So we're gonna be telling talking about it as we go through it. Try something different.
1: Yeah. it'll be interesting watching this with subtitles and no sound, (laughs) but we're going to give it a shot. It took a long time to get the audio set up. We got a new boom for a mic and I've never used one before. we have been using it just on a little stand Uh and it was a lot more difficult to get set up and get the sound somewhat acceptable than I expected it to be. And
0: we've still got a little bit more figuring out to do. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But But I'm the sound guy and the editor and co host and I got a lot of hats.
0: He does all the things. I just sit here and look pretty, that's what he's saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So can I get back to the movie now? Yes, you can get back to the movie. Everybody feels really bad that you're sick. (laughs) Shut up. You're getting you went straight for the sympathy vote. (laughs) So, on IMDb, this movie's rated a 6.6 6 out of 10, and that's probably the highest one we're going to see. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 40%, and on Metacritic, it has a 42 Now, I looked at some of the critic reviews, and I'm just not going to read them, because at this movie, even, <sighs> even the critics got unprofessional about this movie. I don't know why it was so personal for people. Like, I get it that the Halloween franchise has been around for a long time, and it means a lot to a lot of people. I've never been a Halloween fan, but I'm pretty attached to them now after Spooktober. Yeah. So, but still... I don't know. Maybe, it's, I just, maybe I haven't been a fan of the Halloween franchise long enough for this one to personally offend me the way it seemed to offend yeah, other people. But, but I don't it's,
0: know. Yeah, it's it's become more more precious to us just since we've done this whole thing, and so of course we want to go see one of these movies and it live up to our expectations, but let's be real here. No movie is perfect. Any movie is going to have its problems, and this movie does have its problems, which we'll talk about, but in no way did I leave this movie feeling disappointed or angry. It didn't. I've seen people who have wanted to rage quit the entire series, which is ridiculous, you know? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's going to have to tell me what was the expectation here because we got a badass Michael Myers. We got some unbelievable fan service and callbacks. I mean, cinematography was beautiful.
1: I mean... I don't know. I don't know what people (laughs) expected from this movie. Yeah. Did they think that they were going to get 1978 all over again? I just don't think that's possible. The thing is even if they had just redone 1978 people would be pissed that they did that. Yeah. You know? And
0: When when you're talking about how well 1978 did, sure, okay, the guy's head. $300,000 $300,000 and it made back you know however, however many millions of dollars. But think about what happened in the beginning. People didn't like the movie. They panned that movie too. It found its following throughout the years and now
1: it's considered a classic. Well it did, it did well in the box office obviously because it made all their money back and then some. Right. But this movie has got people that like it and people that don't. 1978 had the same thing. People that like it and people that didn't. Right. If you go digging, not every review for the original Halloween movie was a good review, so... And they're wrong. I, well, <laughs> I agree. I just feel like that movie needed a few more years on it for people to start to appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that the this, this trilogy that we're mm-hmm. in the middle of right now may be the same way. Yeah. People are like, it's a love or hate type of relationship with them now yeah get 10 years behind them and people will probably or may they may not look back on these movies in a similar fashion
0: right I mean most of the, the cult movies we have now are, are you know favorited cult films that's why they're cult films because maybe they didn't find their footing when they first came out but over time people gave them a chance and started seeing them differently till they've gotten to beloved status like Halloween 3 for instance you know so I don't know I, I dig the movie. I can't wait till next year already. Like, I'm, I'm super hyped to see where this goes. And yeah, I, I think it's great. Yep,
1: so you ready to do this?
0: Yeah, hell yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so we kind of have a, I don't want to say it's a cold open, but we open up basically kind of.
1: Well, it picks up right where the other one left off.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically. And it
1: even opens like before the camera really focuses in and you can hear audio of, uh, what's his face? The doctor. Sartain, Cabbie. yeah. yeah. Stabbing uh, Hawkins in the neck.
0: Yeah. Because I couldn't understand that first couple times I watched it. I was like, what the fuck are they saying? Because we weren't watching it with subtitles or whatever. It just sounded like a bunch of. Ah, ah, ah. So. <laughs> but,
1: uh. Right. And then when it does focus in, you've got Cameron walking still in his Halloween costume. And he's, he's, uh. Played by Cameron, uh, his Cameron Elam, played by Dylan Arnold, and he's on the phone or trying to be on the phone with his buddy Oscar, who's the kid that got impaled on the fence in the last one. Yeah, and he came back specifically to play his dead body. It was played by right. Drew well, they
0: just they did they did another shot in the beginning of him being right. Impaled well, there's the, the phone
1: in his pocket. Yeah. No, 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 no. They him actually
0: him showed up. his face. They showed him. I know, yeah. But, it,
1: but the purpose was to show the phone lit up. While oh he yeah, yeah. He's leaving a voicemail. And then he finds Hawkins laying on the ground.
0: Yeah, and it was funny because when we started this, you were automatically like, oh, I hate that guy. Like, I don't even know why they brought him back. But I was like,
1: give it time. We'll see what happens here. You know what? After the phone in the cheese dip or pudding or whatever it was episode, (laughs) I really was hoping they would have just killed him.
0: Yeah, but I kind of felt like he redeemed himself in this movie.
1: Yeah, but he, he does a good thing here where he finds Hawkins and sees that he's injured, so he runs over there and he tries to like put his scarf over it. Yeah, it
0: just kind of makes me laugh because when he first sees him, he's like, hey, hey, you, are you okay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Hawkins, like, he, he's, you know.
0: I don't understand how he's alive at this point. I don't know.
1: But Cameron tells him, or not Cameron, Hawkins tells Cameron that uh, he, he, he's he got to die, right? And I'm going to kill uh, him.
0: This, yeah, this, that's and where this kind of starts. This Evil dies tonight! Like I said, this movie's not without its problems. And this is one of my first ones, is how often the line...
1: Evil dies tonight! It,
0: it needs to die or evil dies tonight happens throughout this movie like take a shot for every time you say it you'll die
1: you will be in the hospital before you make it 20 (laughs) minutes into this movie right it is and that's one of the things because i just want to be clear i I like this movie but i didn't necessarily like every single component of this movie
0: well you didn't like it the first time we watched it
1: I didn't care for it, because I let... Evil dies tonight! One scene that happens later in the movie really sort of taint my opinion of the yeah. entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that that's probably what a lot of people did. They picked up that one thing that they didn't like, and they, yes. let, they let it spoil the whole thing for them. Yeah. And now they can't see any of the good stuff, because they're so pissed off about that one thing. Evil dies tonight! Yeah, we uh,
0: we walked out, and we had two completely different opinions, where you didn't necessarily care for it. You, you, you left kind of disappointed, and I left pretty much pumped, and... The more we talked about it, and, and at no point was I like attacking Travis or anything. It was just like, okay, let me explain to you what this is.
1: Well, we had a healthy dialogue about our likes and dislikes.
0: Yes, that's that's the difference. We didn't like completely like we didn't get in an argument over it or anything. No,
1: no, no, divorce papers were drawn up. Over
0: this <laughs> yeah, it was but. just like this is why I didn't le- like it. Let me tell you why, and I said, okay this is why i did like it let me tell you why
1: well and this kid cameron was one of the reasons why i didn't like it
0: <laughs> but i also told him okay this is part of a trilogy this is our middle of the road episode this is where i mean part one's where we get our big setup our exposition part two's like basically our long walk to mordor and then you know halloween ends is going to be our big climax or yeah, big think confrontation. Like
1: this movie is just some hobbits walking yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all it is.
0: Albeit, we get a pretty badass Michael Myers in it. And
1: I'm here well, for we, it. We can talk about that as we move forward. But the this next scene, we go straight from, well, I'll say present day. Uh-huh. Right now, Cameron's trying to keep Hawkins from bleeding out on the side of the road there. And we jump straight to Halloween night,
0: 1978. And uh, I'm sorry to be vulgar. This was a to- totally bonerific scene for me. I felt like what they did here... I don't. I don't know how they did it. It just perfectly captured the essence of the original film. The lighting is. It's a little bit better lit. I will say that the seventy-eight was a
1: little bit darker. Well, see, I like that though. Uh huh. This one's almost. It's um. It's borderline too bright. Almost, but, but it's still. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. But a lot of it looks like it was probably shot in widescreen, mostly your your outdoor shots, look like they may have been shot in a widescreen format and I love it. I love the widescreen format, the the Panavision. But your we do see the shape here, well, rather Hawkins sees the shape uh-huh. as he's kind of walking I don't know. Yeah, this it's is not a younger only an alleyway. So this is twenty-one-year-old Michael Myers here. Yes, and he is not played by James Jude Courtney. No, this he's actually 1970- played by a stuntman. Yeah, this this Michael is played by Aaron Armstrong. Uh huh. And I'm probably saying Aaron wrong because it's A I R O N. I'm just gonna say Aaron. I think that's what it is. And I feel like he does a pretty good job of capturing. He did fucking amazing. I mean, he's he doesn't get a ton of screen time, but like, I feel like the guy did a pretty good job. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize that it wasn't uh, James Jude Courtney until later, and I just thought. Thought, oh my god this is like the best michael myers this is like under nick castle this is quintessential shape yeah and I, then i found out it was somebody else and i was just
1: blown away yeah i, I don't know the more i watch it and then compare it to 78 you can kind of tell it's not nick castle but those are some big shoes to fill I mean, that's Nick Castle is who you expect Michael to be. And this guy does a pretty damn good job. He does amazing. But I have a theory about this, because at first I was like, why did they get two people to play Michael in the same damn movie? Why didn't they just get James Jude Courtney? Like, change your clothes, put on this mask. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But James Jude Courtney, I think, is bigger than this guy. Bulkier. Uh Anyway, and this was 21-year-old Michael versus, what, 60-year-old Michael that we get later in the movie, or that we've had in Halloween 2018. And I think that probably was the purpose, to give us a slimmer Michael that was a little bit closer to the 1978 age Michael. Yeah, Because if they'd have put a bigger dude in here, everybody would have picked it apart immediately. Not that they didn't anyway, but... Right. Anyway, yeah, so Hawkins sees him going, like, towards a shed and pops off a couple of rounds and then chases after him. And... He's gone, of course. Like, he just jumped over a chain link fence or something. Like, the dude just disappeared, Houdini. Yeah. And that's perfect. That's perfect Michael Myers right there.
0: Yeah. And this is like, I understand that part two is not canon, but this is basically, if part two was still canon, this is what would have taken place between Luma shooting him six times and then him picking up and killing like the L Rods and the whatever girl that was. I can't remember her name in part two.
1: Right. So Hawkins finds some bloody footprints on the ground in front of this gate. And then another police officer show up and he tells him, you know, he crossed over right here and then disappeared. So the officer in charge kind of divides all these guys up. gives them different assignments and what have you. And he's, as he's walking with Hawkins, uh, this fellow officer is telling him about how he was, I guess, friend, maybe not friends, but he knew Michael when they were children and that he used to go up to his sister's bedroom and stare out the window.
0: Yeah. Basically just saying that he, he was kind of, he's always been a freak.
1: Well, that he was a strange kid that he, he behaved oddly and he Makes the comment that he just looked at haddonfield the, the place where nothing happens and then one day he just snapped that's this officer's assessment yeah, I think his name's Pete. So we cut from there to Lonnie <laughs> being harassed by the O'Doyles. <laughs> uh, if you've ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia, these are the O'Doyles. I thought the O'Doyles was
0: an Adam Sandler thing.
1: Is it then? Yes. Which one is it in Always Sunny? Uh, O'Boyle.
0: It is. Maybe O'Boyle, but O'Doyle is the Adam Sandler thing. It had the red-headed kid in Click that okay, was like... I'm
1: thinking about the O'Boyles from Always Sunny. <laughs>
0: the milk people?
1: <laughs> yes, the milk
0: people. <laughs> but... This was this was a strange choice I thought to bring Lonnie in as a main character because when you're thinking about Lonnie you're not thinking of him being a protagonist or anybody who's going to be important because
1: he was a little shit. He was just a bully.
0: Yeah. So I thought it was a strange choice that they would in fact make him turn out to be a victim of bullies in this one. I thought that was that's well, he, kind of an was, out there choice. He was
1: getting bullied. So he bullied Tommy. I I, don't know. I guess. I I'm don't sure know. somebody would say that they there. That makes sense, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I thought that Lonnie was an interesting choice too. Once he got his ass off the porch, I didn't really care. <laughs> Once he
0: got his ass away from there yeah. or out of there. <laughs> yeah.
1: But these, what are they, Mulhanies? Yeah. They're weird kids.
0: (laughs) They look very
1: strange, for sure. These are some weird kids. And (laughs) this part where she, like, rips the gumball out of his hand, licks it, (laughs) throws it away, and then slaps him. I'm weird because I just laughed my ass off (laughs) when she did that. But, you know, that's why you don't mess with the Mulhanies. Because they are gross and slap you. But this little session is broken up by a police officer that comes up and he tells them, that basically, they need to go home. Because there's vo- a killer on the list. And lose. volunteers that a bunch of teenagers just got murdered up the street. And I don't know that a cop would actually do that, but he does. And speeds away, so all these kids kind of go their separate ways.
0: And they start, yeah, they start picking on Lonnie. And it's basically, seems like, yeah, it's a recreation of, of Lonnie himself picking on Tommy. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. And then Tommy's run, he's running away at this point because he's scared. And he's, Tommy. Uh, did I say Tommy? You said Tommy. I meant to say Lonnie. I'm sorry. But he's freaked out, he's trying to run home or whatever, and as he's running, he just runs smack dab into Michael. And oh my god, is that fucking terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. One of the details that they included in this that I really like is that there's a shot here, and then when the police officers show up, that you get the same angle again, and you can see the Smith's Grove station wagon parked along the sidewalk there.
0: Yeah, apparently you can see it a couple of times or multiple times in this beginning, yeah, um, that you can see it right there next to Lonnie as he's crouched down. So, that was kind of Of cool. I I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs throughout this film, and maybe ad nauseum. You know, like we we don't necessarily need people beating us over the head. Like you get it, get it, you get it. Evil dies tonight. But I'm one of those people that I don't mind it so much. There were a few things that I felt were a little unnecessary, but little things like the station wagon and stuff. That type of stuff doesn't bother me. No,
1: no. The part what gets me is when they say we're gonna retcon or whatever the fuck it is. Like um, which one was. (laughs) Was it five or six? Where they say, well, this never happened, but we're going to reference it through the whole damn movie. Right. No, it was part four. Part four, they tried to write part two out of it. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. But we're still going to have the burn scars, and we're still going to try to provide explanations on why he survived a movie that didn't happen. And that when they do that, that shit pisses me off. But we finally do get a shot of the old Myers house. And one of the things that I really liked is they got the gutter that had fallen down and the broken window upstairs, the where it swung down and, and broke it when Loomis was upstairs. Now, that's attention to detail. Right. I like that a lot.
0: Because I, had, I remember when we went to watch it, I was like, what's the matter? For some reason, and, and this is not a movie or the Halloween film had not been a movie I had seen say as many times as I'd seen Hellraiser or or Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. So I had never noticed the gutter before. And so when we went to watch it, I asked Travis, I was like, what the hell? Like what's, what's going on there? Why does the house look different? And he just looked at me like, are you silly or something?
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I appreciate the attention to detail that they gave throughout the movie. For instance, when they go in the house and they find the dog.
0: Yeah. They didn't show the dog in the original. It's a, it's implied. He, just said
1: it's a it's a, i thought they showed it
0: no they did not show the they did not i promise you i promise huh. you they did not show the dog in the original but they felt the need to do it here why yeah. i don't know well but, but
1: Lemus is you know he got hungry yeah yeah, they, they talked about it. include the dog in the same room that they would have been in in the 1978 version. Yes. is you know, the first room on the right when they walk in the front door. Yeah. I love that shit. Like, if they're going to establish the continuity. I don't and then love get seeing it, a
0: dead dog. No, I'm not saying I love seeing a dead dog.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying that if they're going to tie it right off of that movie and then reshoot, you know, I guess the, the, I don't know what you'd call this, the lost scenes or whatever to fill in some gaps. Yeah. And they pay that much attention to detail to really try to get it right. I love that shit. Yeah. But anyway, that's just me. So... Hawkins and Pete just continue like clearing the house, looking room to room, and there's a shot here that is relevant later where they're checking the closet under the stairs, and this very same closet, you get a jump scare here, you're going to get the same one later. Almost exactly the same one later, as a matter of fact, just with two different characters. But they keep keep looking around the house, they get everything done downstairs, and they decide they're going to go upstairs. So they move on upstairs, and they, they split up. Hawkins goes into one room, Pete continues on down the hallway, and he goes into Judith Meyer's room. And he stands in the same place I guess that Michael used to stand when he was a little boy and he's looking out the window and he's like Haddonfield where nothing ever happened BOOM! Well, he he notices the footprints on the floor right there in front of the window.
0: But it's like our first really big jump scare of the movie. I mean, I know that there was kind of one before, but this feels like the first major one where you're just like, holy shit. So yeah, that just took me completely by surprise. And it feels almost exactly like the Bob kill where he just came out of nowhere to pin Bob to the wall.
1: I think it's very similar. And he also uses the rope that we can assume that he stole from the hardware store.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was something that got brought to my attention um, earlier today. It was like, yeah, we know that he took the, a knife and a mask and some rope or whatever. And yeah, I, I guess the argument could be made that he used the rope to tie Bob up when he's swinging through the doorway or whatever. But he does use a length of rope here to strangle Pete. And I was like, holy shit. That, you know, that, I don't, sorry. Things like that just kind of blow my mind.
1: Yeah, I think it's great they tied it together. So Michael's choking Pete and Hawkins comes in and he's like, let him go, let him go, let him go. And he finally decides he's just gonna he's gonna take the shot. But Hawkins is a shitty shot because he shoots Pete right in the fucking neck. Oh! And as soon as that happens, Mike like he just Mike drops. Pete and walks <laughs> off. He's he just does, like, exit, exit stage left, motherfucker. Yeah.
0: And he's, yeah. He's, and and Hawkins, Hawkins is firing at him, and he's just fucking walking like he, he gives no shit. No. Yeah. No,
1: he didn't care at all. But Hawkins goes back, and Pete's dying there's no way around it he plugged him good right in the throat
0: and i actually really liked this effect here because it kind of shows the blood going in and out and in and out that i was i was sitting there like how the hell did they do that
1: that's so cool well the thing is i don't think it would go back in it would mostly just be coming out yeah so it looks neat but i don't know how realistic that is but anyway he dies they're on the floor. And then we get the scene that a lot of people a lot of people had an issue with this.
0: You had an issue with this. I had
1: an issue with this. He's crying, but you can hear somebody yelling downstairs. And you hear Loomis say stop. That's right, Donald.
0: <laughs> Are you Pleasance. gonna do it again? <laughs> I had to stop.
1: You hear <laughs> Donald Pleasance as Samuel Loomis and you see him at the bottom of the stairs and he's yelling up at Officer Hawkins to say what happened did Michael kill
0: I'm like a lie when we saw <sighs> saw that part I was like oh my god what manner of sorcery is this and my mind automatically went to okay so this is some Carrie Fisher type of shit like they went and they CG'd his face and all that and I didn't find out till after the fact in comment section of YouTube from make effects artist Chris Nelson himself that no none of that is in fact CGI They took um, their set constructor, Tom Jones Jr., and put like, oh, I want to say that they said like 40 layers of prosthetic or something. It might have been less than that. But yeah, that's all prosthetic piece on his face and god damn it's so good because it pretty damn good he looks identical to him and then what's even cooler another thing i love that they did is as loomis is coming out of the house he's you know he's standing behind michael is that they replicated the same high angle crane shot from the original as when michael was standing there as a boy so that was really fucking cool
1: you know what i like about it there's a strode realty sign in front of the house Right. attention to detail <laughs> but yeah this is part i don't i didn't really understand it then i don't really understand it now is that michael just stands there i mean yes there's a bunch of cops with guns pointed at him but when has that ever stopped him but at any rate that's basically the end of the 1978 movie almost he gets caught um and then we finally get our title card halloween kills
0: and guys we're about to blow your mind
1: yeah i don't know about that
0: (laughs) Maybe. We might blow your mind because we
1: found something really cool. So when we were watching this, at first, I like the pumpkins, right? I, I got to have a pumpkin opening. But the very first pumpkin, you notice that their blood comes out of the left eye, which just happens to be the same eye that Lori stabbed Michael in in the 1978 version. And then, of course, alleged I didn't count them all, but there's 12 pumpkins. It's supposed to be 12 central.
0: pumpkins for each movie.
1: Right. And then at the point where it comes up and you get uh, Robert Longstreet and Dylan Arnold credited, in the bottom left-hand corner, that pumpkin... Has blood coming out of both eyes, mm-hmm. which is from part two. Yes. Where Loomis shot him in both eyes. Lori. Lori, Lori. shot him in both eyes. Lori shot him in both yeah. eyes. Yeah. Number one, it's just some hellacious marksmanship. <laughs> but <laughs> at any rate, I thought that was interesting. Now, the part that frustrates me is that the pumpkins continue to get different as you move forward, different eye shapes and what have you, different colors. They get darker, they're more charred. And there's a couple of pumpkins that have got a weird mark kind of on the left side down by the mouth. And I don't know what that is. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I think that probably all of these pumpkins are different in some way to reflect each movie. That's my theory. Yes. Not just represent them in number, but in appearance as well. Yeah, and, and I'm just not smart enough to figure out what those are.
0: Yeah, and maybe not. But definitely th- it it can't be a coincidence that you have the one with the blood running out of one eye and then one immediately following with blood running out of both eyes.
1: Right. And if there's 12 pumpkins, that means they're including the zombie movies. Cuz okay. you have to include those two to get to 12.
0: That's true. But, and then again, the score in this opening title is just amazing. I ended up downloading this album, like, I think the same day we went and saw the movie in the theaters. Because I was just like, oh my god, like, I, I cannot state enough how how badass these soundtracks
1: are. Yeah, I was, I was really impressed with the soundtrack in this one. Uh, there were several of them. In the like the Thorn series, where I wasn't really a fan, but this one I feel like they got it right.
0: Then we cut over to uh, this bar called Mix Bar or whatever, and this is Halloween night back 2018, and we've got what looks like an open mic night or karaoke or talent show going on, and we've got these three mermaids or tr- three girls dressed as mermaids, and they're singing a song called "She Doesn't Want You Anymore." And funnily enough, that is a song that was created by a mock band, which included John Carpenter and Tommy Lee Wallace and Nick Castle. And if you're a Halloween fan like we are, you know who all those guys are. And it was a song that they actually wrote themselves back in the day. So it was pretty cool.
1: And it was it the Coupe de Ville's?
0: Yes, yes. I think
1: that was the name of the band. Uh-huh. So while they're singing, we've got, I guess it's a, a husband and wife. She's dressed up like a nurse and he's dressed up like a doctor. And they're arguing over something that happened at work.
0: I don't think they're arguing. It's just he's telling her about a bad day he had at work. And she's basically doing the wife thing and telling him what you need to do is So...
1: Well, she wants him to go punch his boss in the face. And that's, I mean, Frowned I guess upon? she just wants him to be unemployed. <laughs> I don't know. But while they're standing there talking, we get three people that come up behind them. And I think you immediately recognized Lindsay.
0: Uh, I don't know that I recognized time. her immediately. But the only thing I'll point out is, is that was, you know, like we said, there were people bitching about various things throughout this movie. And one of the comments I read from somebody was talking about this a doctor character, or as we find out as a nurse later, they're like, can we get a movie where Females are not constantly emasculating men. And I was like, I didn't get that. Did you get that? Not really. I just, it sounds like a normal husband-wife conversation to me.
1: Well, not normal, but I didn't take it as her emasculating him.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. Like, some of the comments or criticisms are just pretty wild.
1: Yeah, well, people picked this movie apart. And for the, for the wrong stuff. But anyway, they're sitting there having their little spat. And the, the these three people, and they're just being loud as hell and drinking and the wife's giving her husband the stink eye so he looks at he's like hey can you keep it down we're trying to we're trying to watch the talent show
0: even though they weren't watching the talent show they were talking
1: yeah they were arguing (laughs) <laughs> well, she was telling him to punch his boss in the face. So so the husband finally gets up, goes over to the bar to get him a couple of drinks. And he's talking to the bartender. And he's like, don't mind those people over there. Don't mind the motherfuckers. Yeah, they're friends with the crazy lady that almost got killed by Michael Myers. And he's like, no shit. And he's like, yeah, just ignore them. He says, they come here every Halloween and basically get drunk. So after the last talent person gets up there, we see, well, we it's Lonnie, run up on stage. And he introduces Tommy Doyle. And he's talking about how he used to bust his balls when he's a kid. But now he's a captivating bird whistler. And Tommy proceeds to get up on stage and just... Just sort of give them the story of Michael Myers. Yeah, and this was really—it it comes across as more like a campfire ghost story, though.
0: Yeah, th- this was the first part where I kind of felt some exposition was getting a little bit forced. Like I said, movies not without its problems, but it—it it certainly didn't ruin the movie or take me out of the movie. But I kind of felt like maybe I could be wrong. Maybe there are people going into this movie that have never seen a single Halloween film in their life, and so maybe all this exposition is for those people. I find it really weird that you would. Would pick up Halloween Kills to be your first Halloween movie, but for all of us who have been there since the beginning or, you know, even later on into the franchise, we know who these people are. Do we really need to have still shots from each thing that happened to them from the beginning of film?
1: Yeah, well, I don't, but Lonnie as an adult is played by, uh, Robert Longstreet and Tommy Doyle that gets up and tells us the story is played by (sighs) Anthony Michael Hall. Now I'll tell you, I didn't I had a problem with Lonnie the first time I watched it less as we watched it more Yeah, I've had a problem with Tommy every time we've watched it.
0: Yeah, I I have not grown to like Tommy over multiple viewings at all. Yeah, he
1: just, this character didn't do it for me and I know that they had talked about bringing um, Paul Rudd in for Tommy.
0: I wish but they thought that it was going to take people out of it. It would not have taken me out of it at all. I would have been like, fuck yes
1: Uh, I I think he could have sold the performance a little bit better, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, he's telling the story and and you get kind of a flashback scene when he's uh, talking about Lindsay going back to the original movie. And then he swings over to uh, Marion Marion, and a flashback of him jumping up on the back of the station wagon. And then Lonnie, he introduces Lonnie and shows the flashback of him laying on the sidewalk when Michael walks up to him. The thing that I have an issue with this is that he makes it sound like they had some kind of epic encounter with Michael Myers. Lindsay, okay, maybe, but at the end of the day, did she even actually see Michael?
0: They saw, okay, the only thing that I can really remember, okay, Tommy catched him outside the window, and then them saying, like, you know, the famous, you can't kill the boogeyman, and then they see him in the hallway, but other than that, they had no interaction with him.
1: Right. I Uh, I would hardly call it
0: being terrorized. Same thing with
1: Tommy. Lonnie saw him on the sidewalk, and he disappeared, and as far as we know, that's the only time Lonnie ever saw him. Yeah. The only one that I could say, okay, She had a traumatic experience. Is Lori or or Marion. Marion. Yeah. Because out of these four people that we're we're dealing with right now in the bar, she had the most interaction with Michael. Yeah, Marion was the
0: only one who was actually sort of attacked.
1: Right. Well, carjacked.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> she got carjacked
1: by Michael Myers, Yeah. which is still more than any of the rest of them got. Yeah. So I just don't really buy this setup as they all had a traumatic event for Michael Myers. If anybody was going to get up there and talk about it, it would be Lori. Right. Like, she's the one who actually survived some shit. These people, they just kind of saw him.
0: I know. And and that's my thing I is don't, I, I don't necessarily feel like their PTSD is earned, I guess.
1: It just feels overly dramatic.
0: Yeah. To me. Like, oh my God, I saw it. It's like if you see an accident on the side of the road, you know. I seen it. I saw it. Oh my god! I was there. I saw when it happened. Yeah. It's it's hardly anything to be traumatized over.
1: But this whole thing, I don't know. Like I said, I could I could have done without Tommy's Tommy Doyle's character. And I'll be honest, the first time we watched it, he is the reason that I did not like this movie the first time around. Right. Uh, him and and the things that he does throughout the movie. Evil dies tonight. Like it, it honestly ruined my first viewing. Second viewing, I paid more attention to the things that I did like and the things that are good about that I find good about this movie kind of balanced out his performance which i don't know i guess it shouldn't knock his performance the the actor's performance i think it's probably just some shitty writing but at any rate we spend a lot of time on the bar scene <laughs> <laughs>
0: We do. And, and it's not to say that it's not great to see those actors come back. Or I mean, at least the ones who were legitimately in those films, obviously not Pete. I'm already forgetting his name. Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Longstreet, you know, because obviously they weren't there. But it, yes, it is cool to see Kyle Richards and Marion Chambers, respectively, in those parts. That's great. But yeah, I've, I know that this movie, they say, okay, well, this is not supposed to be about Laurie and Michael. This is supposed to be about the town's reaction to what happened to them. But that's my argument is nothing happened to them.
1: I totally get, I get that. I, I mean, I understand that. And in the very first Halloween, it's set up that way. Like he's just killing whoever's in front of him. He wasn't single in Lori out. So I'm totally on board with that. But at the end of the day, how many people did he really kill in the first one? Five people. Five people. So I mean, it's a tragedy for a small town. It is, but this is 40 years. Yeah. I just don't feel like something like that would have hung around so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, this that's, is a, t- that's t- a this not a Jim Jones me. situation here. It's not. I mean, even if if you had included part one and two in the in canon for this mm-hmm. okay because then you're doubling your yes body count. exactly
0: exactly right? he i can understand the that. whole
1: town at that point but in the first one he really hit what about three houses killed yeah. some kids and I don't know. I just don't feel like that's something that's going to shape an entire community. Yeah. Now, if he if he rampages around town and then goes to the hospital and kills a bunch of people there too, okay, maybe. Yes,
0: yes. That's what I'm saying. I can understand it if part two was still in canon.
1: But this is something that is kind of a callback to the 2018 when they were like, well, this guy's not such a big deal. He only killed five people. Right. I mean, they even kind of bring it up there. That's true. But anyway.
0: Or are we the horrible podcasters then?
1: No. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, because we don't do true crime. Right. <laughs> But from the bar, we go straight to the back of the truck where we left Lori, Karen, and Allison. Sorry, I was drawing a blank on her name. So Lori, daughter, and granddaughter in the back of the truck fleeing from the burning house. And you can hear the uh, the fire trucks coming. And as they pass.
0: And Lori's uh, all the way fucked up. Like her is, guts are fucking spilling out. Well, she,
1: this, her, okay. I'm going to be shitty for just a second. Her line delivery right here. she not let it burn. Let it burn. I'm like, Ugh. you're kind of chewing the screen up there, aren't you? It just, I mean, I get it. It's a very emotional thing. But anyway, so the firemen arrive and these were real uh, firefighters, right? From an Air Force base Uh nearby. So, I mean, that's good. It definitely gives it some realism. Because I I have seen movies before where they say, well, these are police or these are firefighters or whatever. You can tell by the uniforms that they're wearing. They're like, no. (laughs) No. or not but these guys are wearing real bunker gear looks like so
0: and there were there was the thing where they they had this petition come up to get this movie from being released because they were against a bunch of firemen getting killed and i actually had to call my sister who halloween is is her favorite franchise and her husband just happens to be a fireman and i was like so are you guys gonna boycott this movie because firemen get killed she's like fuck no it's a fucking movie like what the hell and my thing is how many cops have we seen killed Throughout horror movies, like there's been people in the service.
1: That- this is not the climate for <laughs> complaining about them killing cops in movies. I think that's a, that's kind of a hot button. But I mean, you think about it. Uh, was it movie Backdraft? Came out years ago. Nobody got pissed about that. How many firefighters died in that movie?
0: I don't. I don't know. It's been like forever since I've yeah, seen that movie. I'm but just saying. Still, I'm just saying. Michael Myers has always been an equal opportunity killer, and that subject's going to come in later with a couple more kills that we get.
1: He's like Seven <laughs> Eleven. Not he, always doing business, but we're always open.
0: Right? Yeah, he just fucking kills whoever is in his path. Like he's he's fucking Jaws. That's that's how it is. Yeah. Like is he supposed to just not kill people because they're wearing a uniform? Nope. I people mean, show
1: up and he's like, "What you doing in my waters?"
0: If we're grateful to everybody who has, we're grateful to everybody who has those jobs, obviously. But Michael Myers kills everybody. My brother's a police officer. Michael Myers is his favorite. He, you know, we don't we don't care. We just want to be entertained.
1: Well, yeah. I mean soapbox stuff aside we got huge respect for police officers and firefighters but at the end of the day this is a damn movie people need to get over it so anyway these firefighters are trooping through the house and we've got one and he's carrying a i think it's i'm pretty sure it's a Halligan tool and he falls through into the basement and now we having seen 2018 know that michael's supposed to be down there but it looks like this firefighters alone but so he turns on his emergency beacon and he's sending out his mayday alert saying hey you know there's been a structural collapse and i'm stuck my air supply has been compromised and i need y'all to come get me and this is where we see michael's escape plan the big gun cabinet with the roll-up garage door on it that laurie was so proud of with her arsenal in uh, the last movie was just big enough to fit a michael in because that's where he was hiding i guess it was gonna save him from the fire and it does a good enough job because he is fully healthy and he comes out and takes the Halligan tool away from that firefighter and dispatches him quickly. And I'll just go ahead and say this whole sequence is full of all, all kinds of brutal Michael kills. <laughs> so another firefighter comes up and he, he can't see through the smoke, but he's he's reaching down and he's saying, take my hand, take my hand. Well, somebody takes his hand, all right, except it's Michael. And then this scene might be the most badass scene of the whole. This is my
0: movie. favorite scene of the movie, easily. Because Michael... he comes out, oh my God, comes out in fucking slow-mo with the flames behind him and waterproof. Pouring. it's oh my god it, it's fucked this is to me this is what's going to be considered one of the more iconic michael myers scenes
1: yeah he's standing on the front of porch of this burning house with his <laughs> haligan, and it's just the he's flames behind him fuck shit up like it's just that's a that's an awesome shot yeah so what surprises me is that these firefighters all square up <laughs> like we're fixing to take this guy down and it does not go as planned which the first firefighter hits him with the hose. And well, clearly they weren't using a real fire hose because that would have just rolled him up if they had been. But he uses that haligan tool and just kills every single one of them. I didn't count, but there's easily ten. Would you say?
0: Yeah. And my favorite one is when he uses the tool to lift that guy straight in the air. That's that's probably my favorite kill of the movie. Yeah. Like, and I, I I was watching behind the scenes where James Jude Courtney was doing was practicing the choreography for that scene, and he actually wanted it to be realistic, so he put on an eye patch so that he. would have the same perception as michael so i just thought it was really cool and the dude was actually in pretty decent shape for his age too so
1: oh shit you'd have to be to play one of these roles i mean granted they're not on screen a lot but i can imagine that the what shooting that they do go through is probably hugely physical and i can say from experience since I let you break down and buy that ridiculously expensive Michael mask. That some bitch is hot. <laughs> yeah. Like if nothing else, you're you're gonna sweat because that latex does not breathe.
0: Yeah, it's not forgiving at all.
1: Not even a little bit. So anyway, from there we go to Haddonfield Memorial again, and they use the same logo that yeah. they used in, uh, in part, part two. two. Uh-huh. So good job for that. And once again. I mean, this could almost be the opening for number two. Lori's got a a wound and she's being wheeled in for surgery.
0: Yeah, I remember kind of having reservations when I first saw her getting wheeled into a hospital. I'm like, are we doing this again? Is that, is that what we're doing? We're just going to follow the yeah, same story part we're just going number
1: two that allegedly didn't happen. Yeah. But we get an interesting shot. You see that the security guard there, his name is Brackett. And this is the retired Sheriff Brackett from the first one. Like, it, technically, he retired after the second one, right? Right. So so at this point, we're just kind of going through the hospital. And we're spending a little bit of time with Karen, a little bit of time with Allison. But one impactful moment is where it kind of pauses. And, that, and uh, Karen's washing her hands, and it focuses on her wedding be- wedding ring. And we got to remember, she just lost her husband, what, 30 minutes ago. And an that, hour ago. Yeah,
0: that was something I really appreciated about this film too. Is I feel like they focus more on the emotional side of things than most horror movies do. Oh, for especially
1: sure, especially slashers. But after she gets cleaned up, she closes the blinds and then it goes by a window, and you can see she's she's kind of in a, she's having to take a minute for herself. She's trying to, I guess, process that grief as much as she can in this situation. And then we see that Lori's in surgery, and her, they got like guts. Ugh. They got like guts hanging out. Yeah. So when he stabbed her, he got her good. And I don't think it was this bad. I didn't in, think it was in this the bad. second one. No, I mean in the, in the what was it, the 1980 oh, yeah, yeah, part yeah, yeah, yeah. two when she's in the hospital. I don't think the wound was this bad. It was really just her arm in yeah, that one. Yeah, but, she had
0: like an arm and like a broken ankle. and or I, She got that slash on her arm and she had a broken ankle. and But I don't remember too much beyond that.
1: Right. So he he, he butchered her up good in this one.
0: Not to mention, he was it, he grabbed through a door and just like rammed her head against the door several times too. Yeah, you so. can see the
1: big purple bruise on her forehead where he bounced her head off the door jam. Yeah. But then Karen catches up with Alan. And they have a moment kind of in a stairwell away from everybody else. And they kind of talk about that dad's gone, you know.
0: But they have the line that comes up later, like, even if we don't see him, he's still, he's still around. Yeah. So
1: then we move on to this house. And I don't know who these people are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So we have the lady who's the wife in this scene. Um, She is, she was the caretaker of the cemetery in 2018. That's
1: right. That's where I saw her.
0: Um, husband, I don't, I don't recall him. I guess he's just her husband. But yeah, she was the caretaker of the cemetery That's in 2018.
1: Right. But she's flying a, uh, a uh, drone around the living room. This little bitty drone around. And he comes in. He's bitching about the smell. And she's like, it's Lori's house burning. Don't talk shit. She'll fuck you up. And then she crashes the damn thing. And she's blaming it on being it being cheap. But the husband tells her, of course, you don't know how to fly it. So he takes Typical. over. Typical. You know what? <laughs> but as soon as he takes over, it comes flying out of this doorway and lands in the chair. I'm like, uh, is somebody. In there, so he goes to check it out, and this is something that I find pretty interesting about this. I think this is the first movie because he goes in and he sees Michael in the bathroom, very, very briefly, and he—he's patching himself up. Of course, he just lost three fingers on one hand, right? But I think this is the first time we've ever seen Michael do first aid on himself.
0: Yeah, I don't recall having ever seen that. I don't think we've
1: ever movie. seen him dress a wound before. No, but
0: well, at least he's not fucking talking. There's that.
1: <laughs> no, at least he doesn't talk and <laughs> die, grunt and make noise and yeah. I'm I'm grateful for for all the faults that these, this movie has. I'm really grateful that it did not repeat a bunch of the same faults that we found in the Thorne trilogy.
0: Or Rob Zombie's
1: films. Yeah.
0: <laughs> as much as I, I do just, still love those. <laughs> I
1: just can't find anything redeeming about those. But anyway so the husband's like there's a big fella in the bathroom wearing a monster mask and he's like and she asks, what does he want <laughs> like, and I'm with her I'm with the the husband there who gives a shit to call the cops and he almost makes it before Mike reaches through the window and just starts bashing his head off the wall yeah. and then yanks him down on the, the glass the broken window and you can see it like poking through his neck and then he just yanks him out these, so these kills runs. are fucking brutal in this film so the wife runs and she's trying to get the door unlocked and then Michael's right behind her and I don't understand this choice necessarily she could have easily finished unlocking the door and gone out but she doesn't she grabs a knife
0: oh man there would have been a me shaped hole going out of that door
1: it would be like looney tunes
0: yeah exactly
1: yes i couldn't get out of that house fast enough and then so, oh my
0: god the fucking light light bulb kill holy shit
1: this is new this is the first time he's ever used lighting to kill someone
0: uh, apart from the band romstein i've never seen anybody get injured with light bulbs before
1: <laughs> hey well he uses this fluorescent bulb as a weapon yeah great effect, but she is like just standing there by the door with a knife in front of her, but she never really makes a move to actually defend herself. It's like she's sort of frozen and he just stabs her right in the fucking neck with it and kind of twists it. And I gotta say the effects in this movie were fantastic. God
0: almighty, yes. Fantastic just...
1: in the most horrible way. Because yeah. they they get gross quick. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a derogatory thing. And the other thing I gotta talk about is the sound. And I this is the part that really sticks out to me is when he drops the remainder of this tube and you hear it pop. And I love that. Yeah. Like again, attention to detail. So this is probably one of the most brutal Michael Myers kills. Ever. Ever for me. Because he goes and gets the husband, and the husband's still alive. And this is gonna sound really bad, but he bends him over the kitchen counter. <laughs> <laughs> And he what starts, kind of movie is this? And he starts sticking him, uh, but, not, <laughs> but not like that. This part, it I don't know, it was like a, a car wreck or something you can't look away from. So he's pulling knives out of the butcher block and just stabbing him into him. He'll like look, stab, kind of look at his work for a second and then grab another, another knife. And I think he plants like five or six knives in the back of this guy. And each time he just kind of pauses to see. It's almost like a kid figuring out that he can do something for the first time.
0: Well, it's it seems like he's making art, right? Like he just got to keep adding to it.
1: He's just, until it's just so?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the scene to me is also really sad. Because thinking about it from the wife's perspective, she's sitting there watching her husband get killed brutally and there's nothing she can do. She's completely powerless to stop it.
1: Yeah, so he gets to the last knife and it's his, uh, it's a chef's knife or butcher's knife, obviously his favorite. And you see him kind of look towards her as he walks away because he doesn't finish her off. He knows she's dying and he just leaves her there. Yeah, she just had to watch all that shit. And then we go back to the bar and there's some dude with a puppet and trying to censor the puppet saying shit. I don't know, none of this, none of this matters to me really Lonnie's getting drunk and that's all it is everybody's getting drunk and we
0: we get the nurse again basically talking about like I'm sorry I was you know bitching at you guys earlier let me buy you a drink I didn't know who you guys were and basically just kind of going over there to make the peace
1: yeah that's all it is. But then, as Lonnie's sitting there nursing his whiskey, he gets a phone call. And it's from Cameron. He's like, hey, I need you to come get me. And he's clearly upset. And he tells him that a police officer was attacked, and I need you to come get me. So,
0: so I'm I'm going to admit straight away that this was the scene where I was watching where I felt like we were already seeing a different side of Cameron. So, I'm like, okay, maybe there's more to him than just the asshole cheater guy from the other film. Because he's, he's sitting here crying. And so, yeah, that... That was the beginning of my changing of my opinion of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we go to a scene and Tommy and the the doctor and his wife and the other ladies are standing there to just talk to him and the bartender points to a bat behind the bar and he's like, Yeah, if Michael shows up we got something for him. But then Lonnie comes running up and he's all hey Cameron's in trouble, what I gotta go. He's like, Tommy's of course posting up, Lonnie, what's wrong? But then we go to back to Lori's house and you get the most incompetent sheriff ever. <laughs> this dude's just terrible. Like and he he has no clue what's going on.
0: We cut back to that kill where Michael made a fucking jack o' lantern out of like, yeah. Yeah, and it
1: shows the the actual some long shots of the aftermath of his attack on those firefighters. It's fucking brutal. And it's there's body parts everywhere. Yeah. But they're calling it in and they're saying the you know the fugitive's on foot and his name is Michael Myers. Go get him. Which is okay until that shit pops up on the news and then on everybody's phone. So they're broadcasting this and. It looks like it's daylight where they were shooting it initially, and then it cuts to a nighttime scene, so I don't know how that lined up. But they're talking about all these, you know, Haddonfield's on high alert, and the, the doctor guy, or the guy who's dressed as a doctor, he's like, that's our street. Mm-hmm. We live there. And he's like, yeah, it's that nasty kid that lives down the road from us <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And then it shows pictures of two patients, and it you get a clear shot of the first one, and then you don't, it's a blurry shot of the next one, which we know is Michael. Yeah, but the police are saying that the two of the they don't know what the connection is yet. But you know, be safe. And they'll report as further information is released. And that's a reminder of the Haddonfield murders from 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, this just sets Tommy off all of them.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, too, because as they're going through the victim's photos uh, from 78, they have Linda and Bob's photos pop up. And they used Bob Odenkirk for Bob's pictures, which I thought was pretty funny. It was like his
1: high school photo. Yeah, I
0: didn't even recognize... I mean, how could you? But I didn't recognize that that was him, so...
1: Yeah, so the doctor and his wife decide they need to go. So they head out to the parking lot and... He's like, shit, what, I forgot the keys? Or I forgot his stethoscope. So he's got to run back in. And she's like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go get in the car. And she goes over there. And she doesn't notice that her car is the only one with fogged up windows in the whole damn parking lot. Yeah. So, like, that should have been an indicator right there that somebody was actually in the car. But she flings the door open and gets in.
0: Yeah, because that's, like that's almost like, I mean, even though we know at this point that that's not Michael in the car, it's still almost a callback to Annie's kill, you know, because when she gets to the car so she can go see Paul, the windows are all fogged up in that car, too. Because yeah. that's what stops her in her tracks before getting strangled.
1: Right. So she looks in the back seat, sees somebody and goes running back. She meets her husband about halfway. and She's like, he's in the car. So then she runs inside because we're just going to inside a panic. And she runs in there. And The first thing she does is tell Tommy, he's in the back of my car. I saw him when I got in.
0: And they just do this long shot of his face, just like getting all broody and intense. And I'm like, what are you going to do, guy? What are
1: you going to do, jackhole? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, what the fuck are you going to do? But he's eyeballing that bat, old Huckleberry. And yeah. He takes it outside and he's in the, the most ridiculous fucking stance I've ever seen. And same thing, I'm just like... What the fuck are you going to do, jackhole? What the fuck ever, dude? I'm not afraid of you in any way. Yeah, you ain't Babe Ruth. Like...
1: You should just go back inside and call the police. <laughs>
0: Like, okay, Edward Scissorhands poked you in the tummy and you died. Okay? Like, what the fuck are you going to uh, do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's standing there with the bat across his shoulder. And, like, this is one of those scenes that I feel like it took way too long. And he says, I got this. Right. And I just yeah, You're not Opie
0: either. So, so Michael
1: clearly flips through radio stations because <laughs> Hoover's in the car just keeps changing the radio station from opera. And I think it's play, it goes through a couple other ones before he finally settles on the one he likes. Because clearly, <laughs> you know, Michael's so, a music fan.
0: I keep thinking but that... But
1: instead of opening the door, he smashes the windshield and the side window. And I don't get that.
0: Yeah. And the thing about Tommy here is I feel like this is some kind of inferiority complex. You know, I mean, cringe at me if you will, or if you're going to. But I I can't help but think of Tommy, like, as soon as he's doing this, like, posting up and all that shit, I'm like, oh, you're big mad, huh? Like, somebody's got to go out there and prove himself. It, because it just gets on my nerves so damn bad. Because it's like what we were talking about before with, like, dude, nothing fucking happened to you, okay? Like, it, it feels like he's trying so hard to prove himself and redeem himself. Uh, I don't know. Where am I? And it's just not
1: fucking needed. And it, he doesn't sell it. I don't know. Not not for me. So, the person that they think is Michael speeds away in the car and immediately wrecks it. Which, now, we know that, that we, we know, obviously know that it's not Michael, because Michael doesn't wreck cars. Michael's a great driver.
0: <laughs> he was doing very well last night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was. So, this whole mob follows Tommy with his baseball bat back to the wrecked car only so they could open the door, and you see, guess what? Nobody's in there. And I just... What the fuck were you gonna do? I think there's this whole sort of middle segment here that I had a real problem with and it's all Tommy's fault. Yeah. But
0: yeah, we see that it was the other escaped mental patient, the guy with the umbrella from 2018. Um and he was the one who was in the car and wrecked it and all that. And this is a big problem that I have is that character makes me so damn sad. Like legit makes me sad. The guy is obviously Terrified. He's trying so hard to get away from this mob. He's hiding, doing his best to get away from them because I, they never say what's wrong with him or anything at any point.
1: But Or what he did to land himself in that institution.
0: Just because he's in an institution doesn't mean he's a murderer.
1: It doesn't mean he's innocent either.
0: Okay, but I'm saying we don't know. That's not specified to us. But sorry guys, we've had this conversation more than once, obviously. Is a, a person who struggles with some mental health issues it's a it's a hot button topic for me but it, it that's this is what starts infuriating me and i realized that they were trying to make a commentary on mob mentality and goddamn could they have not been more accurate like that was absolutely spot on but my complaint was is it needed do we need to have all of that in our halloween movie
1: they just spent a lot of time on it and i don't feel like that was necessary but fortunately we're done with that shit for a little while and we go back to the myers house and <laughs>
0: <laughs> we get my favorites
1: Yeah, so we got Big Mike, John, or Big John. Sorry. (laughs) So Big John is upstairs. He's got some weird ass Halloween. I love it. I think it's
0: great going on. He's smoking some weed. He's (laughs) dancing.
1: But Big John is played by Scott MacArthur. I I haven't seen him in any. I know him from
0: mostly that uh, Breaking Bad movie El Camino. He was an antagonist in that film. And then we get my absolute favorite,
1: Little John. Little John played by Michael McDonald. (laughs)
0: And he is, funnily enough, the only guy to get killed by Mike Myers, a.k.a. Austin Powers, and Michael Myers. So <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> but and he's downstairs making a fancy charcuterie board or however you pronounce that he so got some
1: cheese and he cut it up
0: they are pretty much living their best life right now
1: we're gonna eat cheese we're gonna get high and we're, and we're gonna and that's dance that's what big john says he's like i just want to get high and listen to scary music and and dance
0: that sounds like a good night to me like i'm all for that <laughs> snacks
1: <laughs> Yeah, but they get the last trick-or-treater of the night, I guess, and they go down. Little John answers the door, and it's this little girl, and she's like, my friend got a razor blade out of a, a candy bar that we got from your house. And I think this might have been a callback to Halloween Two.
0: Yes, the razor the razor
1: blade stuck in his mouth. Yeah. But they, Little John goes out, gets Big John. They kindly point out that the razor blade's in oh. the barf.
0: Oh, so fucking sick. That's so nasty. I'm guessing it's fake puke, but it really does
1: look fucking nasty. But then their door slams shut, and he's like, holy shit, did somebody go in our house? And (laughs) the little girl that is allegedly... bleeding internally screams and jumps up and yeah some little jack hole went in their house and stole the entire bowl of candy
0: okay so we had those bullies at the beginning of the movie i forget what what you said their names were
1: mohaneys mohaneys
0: yeah they were fucking annoying and weird and kind of creepy i actually like this second group of kids a lot they like they had a few lines that just straight cracked me up So I didn't mind them so much. Like, they were funny.
1: Well, these are just the modern Mulanies, I think. I wondered.
0: I wondered. I I don't think they ever say, but... No,
1: they don't. But they sure as hell act like them.
0: Yeah. Except these are funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) These kids are funnier. But Big John and Little John start telling them the story of Michael Myers, and they're just... They're trying to scare the kids. And then they tell them, get out of here.
0: And I love that they do that. They just, like, fuck with these kids, because... Fuck them kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then I, th- I think it's Big John. He's like, get out of here, you little perverts. And I always finish that with her. I'm going to slap you silly. I've seen Home Alone too much.
0: Hasn't cool. everyone? <laughs> get out of here, little
1: pervert. I'm going to slap you silly. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> yeah.
1: So back at the hospital, Lori's out of surgery and she is unconscious. They give her the good crack. There's really not a lot happening here for a second because Karen's just kind of sitting there with her mom. Allison's looking on and she's still carrying this like bloody shirt around that she's got rolled up. And about this time, uh, they bring Hawkins Hawkins in. Mm -hmm. So now we've got Hawkins and Lori both at the hospital, both injured. But we've changed to a scene where... Allison just happens to look in a window, and she sees, I guess they're using it as a makeshift morgue, but we see the body of Dr. Sartain. Now, the toe tag is interesting, <laughs> because...
0: My my friend actually pointed this out to yeah,
1: me. I noticed it when we watched it, I think, the second time. But they get most of it correct, because it says, cause of death, blunt force, head trauma. Well, the top half of his head is gone, I think, because he stomped it to death. Which, if you see this, when it pans back to his, uh, to see his body full length, and his pecker, <laughs> His head is still intact, but I'm pretty sure Michael turned it into uh, cocktail fruit. But anyway, it says his place of death was Izmir, Turkey.
0: Yeah. I think it was supposed to be a place of birth, but they obviously fucked that up for something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they didn't get that right at all. But I think it's interesting that they brought that back. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't add anything to the story at all. I just think it, it's... Allison does
0: not look unhappy that he is dead. She's just kind of looking at him like, fucker.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'd be pretty happy that he was dead, too. <laughs> you like me in the backseat of a squad car with Michael Myers. I'm going to be pretty damn happy that you're gone. But then they decide that this is the best time to interrogate Allison and Karen.
0: Well, they don't know that anything's going on at this point. Cause
1: this, well, I mean, he was. they were out there. They know those firefighters are dead. I Oh, duh. Duh.
0: I'm sorry. Don't mind me. They've probably
1: found her, her her dad's body by now. So you've got a deputy interrogating Allison and this totally incompetent sheriff interrogating Karen. I actually really like the deputy. They're not acting. Yeah, he's the most competent one. Yeah, I
0: thought he did a good job.
1: But he's the sheriff meeker of this. Ah. Well, he ain't that I good. wouldn't go that far. At least he wants to do something. But though.
0: he's proactive. Yeah. He you know, he just,
1: tries to do shit. I just think it's crazy that they're wanting to talk to him right now. I get it, Michael's still out there running around, but damn guys, give him a minute. So he asks the, the deputy's talking to him, like, you know, why was Michael after Lori? And she points out he wasn't after Mike he wasn't after Lori. Sartain took him there when they're having their little conversation. And I think it's interesting that they point that out right there. So they talk for a little bit longer, the sheriff talking to Karen and the deputy talking to Allison and talking about Well, he's dead, right? Mm -hmm. I guess both Karen and Alice in separate rooms, but they both give kind of the same answer that Michael's dead. And this is where they tell him, no, he's still alive. And both of them are like, "What the hell?" So, (laughs)
0: well, like uh, Alice's, because she's like, "What?"
1: Yeah, (laughs) she's in full. Karen mode now. <laughs> but anyway, they come storming out. And this is where Cameron shows up. And he chases Allison down. And he's like, yeah, Michael's back. And we're going to chase him down? I don't...
0: Yeah, basically, he's talking about the the giant mob that's getting put together to go hunt him down and kill him.
1: Yeah, and this is like... I realize it's not canon, but goddamn, guys. the shit didn't work out last time a bunch of hillbillies decided to go take down <laughs> Michael.
0: <laughs> I, I had then... wondered if that was inten- an intentional callback to part four.
1: It could be. But then... Karen comes out and meets Allison and Cameron standing in the hallway. And she's like, hey, you know, we're going to go stay with your mom. Michael's going to be on his way here, blah, blah, blah. And, or with your grandma, rather. Allison's
0: like, no, I'm going to go with these guys and go track them down. And Karen does what I would have done. Like, who do you think you are? No. Get your ass back in that fucking room and stay put.
1: Cameron even tells her, like, no, she's coming with us.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know how I don't know how a mom would react to that, but I know how a dad would react to that. I'd be like, You need to sit down, junior. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know who the fuck you are, but
0: Yeah. You're not taking my baby anywhere like, you, to put her in have, danger.
1: You have no authority in this situation, Chuck. Yeah. But they kinda argued about this for way longer than I would let this <laughs> this discussion go on. Like it's not gonna be a discussion at all. Yeah, Yet going out to hunt no. down a serial killer, cat. Go. 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 Take your butt to that room right now and stay there. And that's kind of what she says. We're going to stay here and protect your grandma. But then Lonnie, or not Lonnie, Cameron starts giving the same speech about how
0: Uh, basically
1: evil dies tonight. He's haunted her town for 40 years and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, take
0: another shot every time somebody says 40 years.
1: He'll die of alcohol poisoning in about 10 (laughs) minutes. But he kind of moves on a little bit and Karen and Allison have just a sort of a mother-daughter conversation. And she even admits like, look, we, we failed. We set a trap. We set it on fire. And he lived through it. The police are out there. Let them let them do it. Let them handle it. Yeah. If he shows up, he's going to come here to find your grandmother. But Allison, not too enthusiastic. But now no, Karen goes full teenage Karen. Girl thing. Oh man, because she is letting somebody have it. Do you have security guards? Like I don't know if that was an ad- administrator or something for the hospital, but she's just letting them all know how she feels.
0: <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I'm not expecting that Michael's going to go back to the hospital because it was different in part two where it. It seemed like it was a very isolated hospital. You had a very limited number of staff. But for this hospital to be as packed and crowded as it is, there's no way Michael's showing up there. Well, he's
1: part of the reason that there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he's he's not going to show up there when there's right. that many people there. But I, d- I don't understand what made Karen jump to that conclusion. I don't know. Maybe but it was maybe it was so we would have that expectation of ours subverted.
1: Maybe. But as Allison's sitting, sort of reflecting, having flashbacks to the to uh, what happened in the farmhouse uh, with Lori, you see that the this bloody shirt that she's been carrying around. She's got a knife in there. So she just wraps it up and leaves it with Lori because unconscious Lori can defend herself with a knife. (laughs) Because I guess she's decided she's just going to sneak out and she's going to go hunt Michael down anyway. Because that works every time. But Tommy shows up and Lonnie meets him in the parking lot and saying, hey, she's here. She survived. And they found 11 dead bodies at her house so I'm that's the 11 firefighters and then Tommy starts his crap about the only way we're going to end this is if we we band together so Lonnie takes him to his car and he's got a bunch of guns back there and I, and love I think this, this part. is funny he's like you have a permit for all these and he says some of them
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny
1: so Cameron comes out now we got all three of them and basically they're just gonna gear up uh
0: and then the, yeah the, the, this is something that makes me cringe pretty hard i'm uh, again i really liked this movie i liked it so much but there were so many things that stood out where i was like oh god did we have to have that line or did we have to have the line delivered this particular way but it's you know we have the nurse and the doctor team and i was gonna say kyle i can't get my words right
1: no you get you get Lindsay and mary, <laughs> and, Lindsay and, the, and, the mary. and the doctor yes wife.
0: they all show up and they're like oh oh, what are you guys doing here? And she's like, you didn't think we're going to let it? Fuck.
1: No, I got gotcha. you. So they all get out there geared up. And then Allison comes running out there too. And but grabs, she, she and just grabs had a, a horrible... sawed off shotgun. She's I like, don't...
0: you didn't think we were going to let you have all the fun, right? Or yeah. whatever. I just, it's, yeah.
1: It's lame. And then we cut to Tommy basically driving around town. It, it, getting every group of people in front of every gas station, you know, hey, we got to hunt this guy down, go inside or come help find Michael. And then Lindsay <laughs> and them, they're doing the same damn thing. He's, I don't know, they're going to i'm sorry yeah that's he's, all they're doing
0: but I, I couldn't help but think like tommy standing out there in front of the gas station for this group of guys i was just waiting for him to be like big gulps huh all right <laughs>
1: <laughs> but as Lindsay and marion and the the married couple are kind of driving around the neighborhood tommy yeah he's just trying to rally up the posse Thing, all climbing the back of their pickup trucks with their shotguns and this is this is the middle section of the movie i could do without i really could and he straight up stole that baseball bat from that bartender
0: well they had like this tip jar and he put in some money i think that was the point was he was yeah. basically renting the bat well, i use i use quotations around renting he
1: stole it so as Marion and and lindsey and crew are driving around they go by a playground and they see some kids on swing out there just swinging like nothing's going on so Lindsay decides she's going to go over there and, and warn them and we see that it's the modern malanies on there <laughs> it's the kids who conned big and little john out of all their candy or rather stole all their candy yeah and as much as these kids just drive me up the wall
0: see they don't me they didn't bother me i thought they were funny
1: the dialogue is funny but there's a short scene there where the the doctor well i guess it's the nurse and his wife because his wife's dressed as a nurse but she's a doctor he's dressed as a doctor but he's a nurse and he's got this big ass gun and i don't, couldn't tell you if it's like a desert eagle or if it's just a you know 45 but she asked him you ever shot one of these before for and she's she, like no and she's like well let me have it because i've shot him like she's some kind of expert no maybe she just does it for fun maybe she shot it one time calm your horses <laughs> well we're fixing to elaborate on her pistol shooting skills but Lindsay approaches these kids she's like what are you doing out here like you guys she's telling them you kids shouldn't be uh shouldn't be out here and <laughs> just
0: the- say not today
1: Yeah, the puke faker's like, you're going to kill me? Not today, Satan. (laughs) Yeah. And these two girls are basically making fun of him. And then they bring up like, so there's some weird guy in a white mask that keeps trying to play hide and seek with us. And saying, I think he's a pervert. (laughs) I think he's a pervert. Yeah, he's hiding behind trees and he pops out and says peekaboo. I mean, we're not three. Come on, man. And they go, oh, look, there he is. And when it cuts to Michael, he's standing right behind uh, Lindsay's vehicle with a bloody knife and the skeleton mask from Halloween 3, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad they put that in here. So she's like telling these kids run and they actually do to their credit. They pull yeah, ass. Yeah,
0: they do actually run away.
1: But then we get sort of a repeat scene of the carjacking from the very first when you get Michael bathed in red light and then he climbs up on the back of the it, SUV. Exactly.
0: And I, I really loved that I really loved this callback.
1: Yeah. And of course Marion's got a gun and so she just starts shooting <laughs> like through the roof. Through the windshield
0: Half of the people With guns in this movie Don't need their guns
1: They should not have guns Yeah But Michael Just like the first one Slaps his hand down On the passenger side window And breaks it And I can't see it I didn't Couldn't run the pause Fast enough or whatever But you did And you said He's got a wrench
0: Well that's what I heard Or that's what I read That that they used a wrench again To mimic that same glass breaking Yeah Because you
1: could clearly See it in the first one Yeah I missed it in this one But I believe it Because I think that's I still think that's Pretty darn cool but since as Lindsay is unarmed, she grabs one of the kids' candy bags and dumps all their candy out and starts loading bricks into it. <laughs> so, points for improvisation.
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't mind Lindsay in this movie. Like, I thought she did a pretty fantastic job. She seemed capable. She seemed pretty tough.
1: She's proactive. Yes. At least in this sequence, and I I appreciate that. But Marion shoots the window out because they couldn't get out the door. And about this time, Michael grabs her by the hair and rips a huge oh, chunk yeah. out. And then the 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 wife, the lady doctor, manages to scramble out the window. <laughs> the lady
0: doctor. No, well, I don't know her name. I didn't see her in the
1: credits. <laughs> so she manages to scramble out the window and tries to run away. She's got the gun, but Michael comes back and Marion gives one of the cheesiest lines in the whole uh... fucking movie. She points the gun at Michael and says, "This is for Doctor Loomis."
0: And again, and of course,
1: she shot holes all in that vehicle, so she has no bullets left.
0: And again, this would make this line would make more sense if it was if Loomis had been through all the things he's been through with Michael in the course of six movies, but he hasn't. Yeah. So don't get it.
1: But it clicks, and Michael's like, "Hey, bitch, you're out of bullets." So he just climbs in the car with her and stabs her. But to his credit, uh, the the guy playing the doctor, the guy. And his, using the Halloween costume, does try to fight Michael, but he tries to strangle him with a stethoscope, and I just don't know how effective that would be. Clearly, in this situation, it wasn't. I, Michael I wouldn't straight think up just that hose would be strong enough. And stabs him in the eye socket with that butcher knife. Yeah. And then just leaves the knife hanging out.
0: That's not a kill that I've ever seen before, to my knowledge. So, good, Yeah, that was pretty inventive for sure.
1: But the nurse, she comes back, and all her range time enables her to hit everything except for what she's aiming at. But then she gets too close. Michael kicks the door of the the SUV, <laughs> and it slaps the gun around. And she shoots herself in the damn head.
0: Yeah. I can't believe that just fucking happened.
1: That's perfect. I mean, she I've was walking with some... I've never seen in- that shit before.
0: She was walking with some intention, though. Like, maybe she had practiced a little bit, but... She wasn't
1: hitting a damn thing.
0: No, but she still looked cool doing it. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit that.
1: But Lindsay comes up behind Mike with a pillowcase full of bricks and just waylays him. She gets two good licks in before he's like, nah, I've had it, and... Pins her up against the vehicle and then this is something really smart that she does is that she tries to pull his mask off And we know that Michaels really really attached to his mask and at this point he lets her go and she's able to run away so she runs Kind of through the woods, across the park, and manages to hide uh, down like by, uh, I guess, a creek or Mm -hmm. something. Whatever it is, it's got a bridge over. And you get a really long scene of Michael standing there. You kind of hear him breathing, looking for her. And she's trying to not breathe. (laughs) And And I did
0: actually find this scene pretty intense, pretty suspenseful.
1: It was a good scene. I just didn't feel the tension from it.
0: See, I, I did. But I heard that's one of the complaints with this film is that people just didn't find it scary. And I didn't
1: find it scary, but I don't have a problem with it necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh,
0: but my thing is, is are we saying it's not scary because we, as a horror community, are just so jaded at this point, and especially if we've seen all of these Halloween films, are there films that are really gonna scare us anymore? Chew on that for a little bit.
1: well I think that's where your torture porn stuff came in. Like people are no, don't get scared much now, so it's all about shock value. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Michael stands there looking for her for a good long while. I, I actually feel like this scene lasted too long. But finally, he's. sort. Sort of gives up and just goes across the bridge and leaves Lindsay alone. So back at the hospital, Karen is is in the room with Lori and Lori's awake now and she's being cantankerous and trying to get up and like we gotta go. And Karen's like, No, you got a fucking knife in your stomach. You need to relax. And she finds a card from uh Allison. Allison that says, Evil can't win, I love you. But she finds this bloody shirt. And she's like, oh my god, they just leave this shit laying around throws it in the trash. She still hasn't figured out that there's a knife in it. Nobody has. But they kind of have a little conversation here. And Allison lies to her mama. And she's like, yeah, we got him. And you can see happiness, relief on Lori's face like she's pretty she's pretty excited about it and then they reel Hawkins in fortunately we don't have to deal with that dialogue yet because Hawkins is still unconscious and that's fantastic (laughs) because I really don't care for that scene at all I mean this is kind of like what we talked about in the child's play thing I I want to see Chucky doing Chucky stuff I want to see Freddie doing Freddie stuff in these I want to see Michael doing Michael stuff
0: but again that was not supposed to be the focus of this film I know I know
1: so back in the car Allison's riding with Cameron and Lonnie this is actually really sad talking about the dad and so in the last
0: movie
1: Uh her her dad tells her that Lonnie used to sell him peyote and right here Lonnie says your dad used to sell me peyote. Yeah. and then
0: Talking about a bad trip that her dad had and it causes her to kind of tear up for a minute and it's really sad and she acted that part beautifully because again we're actually getting to see the emotional toll that these events have taken on our main characters here And, and that is not a complaint that I have about this movie. I liked it that they were more realistic with how people get affected by these events
1: yeah yeah i feel like that that part was good but as they're driving along they're like hey that's tommy so now tommy is by himself of course and lonnie and that group have all converged on lindsey's car at the park and he's like come on guys i need you so they all kind of pile out and of course they've all got guns tommy's well armed because he's got a baseball bat
0: because evil dies tonight
1: well they haven't started saying (laughs) that just yet (laughs) <laughs> they keep kind of dancing around it, but they haven't quite made it there yet. So this is something that I kind of like because Michael took the time to He's, come back and pose the bodies.
0: To set up a tableau, yeah.
1: Yes. But on the, I don't know what you call that, I guess it's a, the a merry-go-round? Yeah. Which they don't have on playgrounds anymore for some stupid reason. Maybe they're not safe, but I I loved the hell out of when I was a kid. I was fucking again.
0: hated merry-go-rounds.
1: So the doctor and his wife are on there and she's wearing the skull mask and he's wearing the pumpkin mask. And it's the, again, the skull mask from Halloween three, the pumpkin mask from Halloween three. And then later we're going to see the witch mask from Halloween three. And I, I think it's great that they just threw those in there. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know that they technically didn't happen in this storyline or whatever, but it's still good.
0: Well, I think they just maybe spent some more time on it because in Halloween 2018, it was a thing, unless you were just really watching, you might not have noticed it. So yeah. maybe they were giving it the, the credit it needed in this one
1: right but then cameron says hey over here i found something to shine their lights over and they, he has hung marion uh, with a chain from the swing set and put the witch mask over her head and of course tommy says i'm gonna get you come and get it man like, dude just stop but as allison's kind of creeping <laughs> through there with her with shotgun and her flashlight she hears Lindsay.
0: i was just thinking you just need sheriff meeker here go home damn it <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, but they find Lindsay and uh, get her out of there. Because she's not really injured so much. I mean, he did kind of smack her around a little bit, but she's not mortally wounded or anything. No,
0: she does look pretty
1: but, worse for wear, though. But I think she's scared more than anything else.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we're back at the hospital. And Lori and Frank have their little conversation.
0: About basically a time that they kind of leaned on each other. Like, she was fucked up, having a hard time. And he was into her, but he knew that she had eyes for Ben Tramer. And...
1: So the short version of this is hey you remember that time we both got drunk and almost boned but didn't because you liked another guy yeah Yeah, pretty much yeah i remember that and that's it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But this to me raises the question. So if part two is not canon anymore, are we to believe that Ben Tramer is still alive and well out there somewhere? Well, they never,
1: in, in 18 did they ever address who Karen's dad is.
0: They don't. That's a that's a good point. I'm kind of curious to see yeah, if he's going to pop up in Halloween Ends. Well, I
1: mean, they brought a bunch of people back for this one. I know the that would make is...
0: Dr. Wolfula so happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it would. But this, they've, they pretty much hit their limit on people from the first movie that they can bring back. You think? Because that's about it, right? Tommy, Lonnie, uh Marion, Lindsay. If they bring back anybody else, it's gonna be some background character. Well, Lonnie was a background character, honestly, really in the in the first one. Yeah. That we're gonna be like, who the fuck is that? Right. It'll be like uh, Halloween uh, six, mm-hmm. right, with the the Thorn guy, and you're like, oh yeah, he got two seconds of screen time in a, in an earlier movie. It'll be like that, but yeah, uh, they could bring Ben Tramer back.
0: Yeah, that so. might that might be some interesting conflict. That uh, no, fuck it, we we're not gonna care. <laughs> uh, no. But it will be just kind of interesting to see if they do bring him back. That's all.
1: Yeah, but finally the old people talk is done when a nurse comes in, and she's like, I'm going to give you something to make the pain go away, talking to Hawkins, and she says, nurse, will you do me a favor, help my friend out, and make it a double. So, is she try it? Does she want him to be OD'd on painkillers?
0: I think it's like just I a thought. joke.
1: So, elsewhere in the hospital, Brackett, who is now a security guard at the hospital, is having a confrontation with the new sheriff, and he's like, you know, he killed my daughter, and... I don't know. They're 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 talking it out. But then some other guy comes in and you start getting some chaos there, you know. The the deputy comes in and he's like, "Hey, I've requested backup from other other towns. We can't handle this." And he's telling the sheriff that, which yeah, clearly the deputy is the most competent one. And then we see this lady come in and she's like, "I'm looking for my son. And this part to me was really, really sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Completely. This this was, was pretty rough. Tommy shows up. He's got Lindsay, puts her in a wheelchair and they take her straight off. And then he catches up with Allison. Karen. Karen. And she tells him Michael's coming here. And he's like, how do you know that? So they're like trying to lock the thing down. But then Tommy decides he needs to have his William Wallace moment. And... He starts talking to the crowd about how when when we find him we're gonna kill him, and this is where we start the next fifteen minutes of evil dies tonight. Uh, and the sheriff just stands there and watches this shit. I feel like Meeker would have handcuffed his ass right there. So the sheriff steps up, and tells everybody to calm down, but Tommy shouts him down. He's like, yeah. "We've watched your department fail."
0: Yeah, I just don't. I don't no. buy any of that shit. I just don't. Like, I just. <laughs> no one person is gonna talk the well, sheriff out of.
1: I, I believe that Tommy would do that. I don't believe that... The sheriff any, would just take it. No no sheriff in Texas is going to stand there and listen <laughs> to that bullshit. Well, for Texas. They're, they're but... going to arrest him. But anyway, Tommy breaks away from his people because he's running a cult now, I guess. <laughs> and runs into uh, Lori's room and informs her that your daughter lied. Mike's still alive and it's okay. We're just going gonna to because... get it.
0: 40 years ago. I'm going to
1: kill him because 40 years ago you protected me when (laughs) I was a kid so tonight I'm going to protect you.
0: I mean, she did. Yes, nobody's disputing that but it's back to that whole thing of him needing to prove himself and that's the part that gets on my nerves so damn bad. It's like, who are you trying to impress, dude? Like...
1: Yeah, and then Lori, so Tommy's like, what do we do? And Lori says, we fight. We always fight.
0: Line felt a little forced, admittedly.
1: It's a little rough but there's a little dialogue there between Allison, not Allison, why do I keep wanting to call her Allison Karen Karen and Lori and she tells her that people are losing their shit that Allison has run off with her boyfriend and Lonnie and that we just need to let the authorities handle this Mm -hmm. there's a system let them do what they are supposed to do what they need to do
0: which is usually my argument every time
1: yeah and Lori's just like well it failed get the fuck out of my way and then she tries to get up but she's got a hole in her well she doesn't have a hole anymore she's got a shitload of staples
0: we don't need a bunch of wannabe vigilantes here this is in Gotham City
1: But man I've made it no secret that I got a thing with Needles and when she grabs an undisclosed amount of painkiller and stabs herself in the ass with that, oh man, it made me cringe. Like it, that made my butt pucker. Like I'm like, it's not a kill, but still that one kind of got to me.
0: Yeah, I remember you jumping in your seat when that happened. Yeah. Like, ah, God.
1: <laughs> but she does make the statement, maybe the only way he can die is if I die too.
0: It's an interesting theory.
1: So I have this thought, I don't know, like you, you could do your happy ending, right? Where they kill Michael and you get Laurie and Allison and Karen and they're all alive at the end, right? In the next movie. I think it'd be a whole lot better if Michael killed everybody but Laurie and then Laurie kills him and she's the only one left. Because for her as a character, that would be the worst possible ending for her. Mm-hmm. Where her whole family's dead before she manages to take Michael down.
0: But do we as an audience want that kind of an ending? I do.
1: <laughs> the I fuck? I don't know. I kind of do. <laughs>
0: I thought I was a nihilist.
1: That's a fucked up ending, but I kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of hoping. I hope they give us something fucked up. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Anyway.
0: I'm there's... just looking for something poetic, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, poetic would be Lori is still the final girl. But I... I think that she is going to have them kill her, personally. Yes. Because I think Jamie Lee wants to cut her ties to this franchise completely at, at some point. And I, I really, I honestly, I feel like they're going to have her dead at the end of it. It's, there's a good possibility Allison will be the final girl. But. That's
0: what I think. But then maybe that's what we're all expecting, so maybe they're going to, again, subvert our expectations. Oh.
1: I, I mean, I can only hope. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back at Big and Little John's house, we there. And they're sitting down there and he's giving him some kind of education on bees and how they mate. And I don't know. They're just sitting on the couch eating, talking shit, watching some weird ass movie yeah. called Minnie and Moskowitz. I
0: didn't, I didn't understand the significance of this because they, it's like they, the filmmakers really wanted you to know this movie was on because it is played on multiple TVs throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. And I, I looked it up on IMDb, but I never could find any cast or crew or whatever from that movie that tied to anything else. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's relevant somewhere. Maybe they just thought it was a good movie to put in. I have no idea. So as they're sitting there talking, uh, there's a knock at the back door now.
0: Side door, something like that. Yeah.
1: So they yell at him Halloween's over, kids. And then they knock again. So Little John's like, I got this. So he goes out and checks it, and there's nobody there. And while he's standing there looking at somebody knocks at the front door. So Big John's got to go investigate this one. But Big John... Is not as patient. He goes and grabs a golf club out of the closet and walks up front and it's kinda like poking it at the bushes. And I don't know, I guess it's really a good thing there wasn't a kid in there because he might have whacked one of them and then they would get sued, which I think little John says something to that effect that we don't want to get sued. But then when they go back in the house, they see that the back door is open again, and we did see little John close it, but there's a bloody handprint on the door. And little John says, Hey Big John, there's somebody in our house. And they're not a kid, and so Big John <laughs> begins to like take all his jewelry off. <laughs> he, you know, he gets rid of his kimono and takes off his his watch and his necklace and all this stuff. And then he picks up a tiny little cheese knife. It's like, is that your prison shank or whatever? He's like, I got this knife.
0: <laughs> Sorry, the whole time they were doing that, I kept thinking, and you have my axe, and you have my bow. <laughs>
1: oh, that's not where I went. When where he says, you- "When he says I got this knife," I went straight to chainsaw i got this knife it's It's a a good good knife knife. Right? But then.
0: Do you know what? You want to hear something fucked up. I find these guys more believable holding their own, grabbing up their weapons than fucking Tommy grabbing the bat. I don't know why. Like, I expect these guys would do more damage for some reason. Like, whenever Big John's getting ready to post up, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what, what's he about to do? You know? But. Yeah. Instead of, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> you
1: know? know? Like, he might be capable of real violence. When... I, I find Big John more intimidating than I do Tommy. Tommy's just a lot of hot air. Yeah. But, yeah. So little John grabs a butcher knife and he's like, "I get this knife."
0: <laughs> Look what I can do! Yeah. But
1: then they hear footsteps upstairs, and Big John's like, "I'm gonna go check it out." So he actually locks the front door, and then we cut back to the hospital, and Tommy is trying to get a hold of Lonnie, but he can't. And the patient that escaped with Michael, the kind of a balding guy with the well, I say balding, but long hair. He's got long hair in the back, and people Business are starting the to front, say, "Party in the back." Yeah, is that him? And he's banging on the window. He's asking for help. Yes, help me. And that he just keeps kind of repeating that over and over again, help me. But, of course, nobody in this crowd is paying any attention. But finally, he's loud enough to kind of get their attention. And the whole crowd kind of stops for a second. And then somebody says, it's Michael. Michael's here. And this they is when the mob They just automatically
0: jump to that conclusion, even though they show two different pictures. And it seems like Lori, at the very least, should know, no, well, that's not him. Well, she
1: jumped in on this train with, it's Michael, even though she didn't see him. But, anyway, the guy... He get, He's in the hospital, this patient is, and he's running away. But this is when we get Evil Dies Tonight for the next 15 minutes.
0: Evil Dies Tonight! Didn't didn't London tell us that she counted 26 times, she thought?
1: I think she must have missed a few. <laughs> but back at the Big and Little John's house, Big John is up, heading up the stairs. Okay. And Little John...
0: Huh? <laughs> I said, okay. Okay.
1: And... <laughs> Little John looks like he's kinda checking out the downstairs and making sure that you know they're clearing the house is basically what they're doing. But they're kind of talking back and forth to each other. You can tell they're both really nervous. And for all the bluster downstairs, Big John looks like he's a little scared. <laughs> Which I don't know, I might be too. But he's calling back, you know, down to Little John that the study's clear or whatever. As they as they clear a room, yeah. they're, they're communicating back and forth. Which is I don't know, refreshing. Maybe? Smart, Smart for a change. But then Big John makes the ultimate mistake of mistakes. He goes into what you' used to be Judith Meyer's room.
0: And I'm, I'm guessing and now this, that that's their bedroom.
1: Yeah, yeah, it kind of looks like it. But let me tell you, this kill right here, that, it got me. This is the only movie I've ever seen somebody get stabbed in the armpit.
0: Yeah, that was pretty, oh, I don't know why. That's just like, that's, that's just, tender meat right there. I know. There's something, just... <laughs> Just, uh, Super
1: sensitive about the armpit. He yeah. Stabs him in the armpit, and Big John hears the the clattering or whatever, stomping around or whatever upstairs. You mean Little John? Little John, yeah. <laughs> and while he's hearing it, Michael uh. is gouging Big John's thumb or eyes out with his thumb.
0: Yeah, and you see his eyeballs like just kind of ooze later out. Style. Yeah. Fucking so nasty.
1: Little John goes running upstairs and makes his way into Judith's old room, and he sees Big John laying there on the floor, and there's still blood running out of that giant gas. Ash in his armpit.
0: Yeah. Um, and again he cries over him like yeah. yeah. It's sad, but then he snaps out of it but fairly he, quickly because he Michael, sees Michael standing, well, Michael standing there. Michael
1: stand there looking out the damn window. Yeah. But he says, Michael, you've come home. And he's still holding the knife, but Michael turns around, Michael's got a knife too. <laughs> what you doing in my walkers? They go to an outside shot and you see Michael walking towards him, and little John says, No. And then we're back at the hospital, and evil dies tonight. <laughs> People are knocking <laughs> shit over. They're just destroying this fucking hospital. And this, this escaped patient is just trying like hell to get away. But Lori finally gets enough look at him and she's like, that's not Michael. And they're trying to stop these people but they don't listen yes, at pe- all.
0: people are getting fucking trampled, well, ran they knock, over.
1: They run into Lori, one of the doctors does, so she knees him in the balls but then she must have pulled some staples loose or something because she sort of collapses Oh, and that deputy, makes me fucking hurt. Yeah, the deputy shows up and uh helps get her back to the room and they just, man, this chase lasts a long, long time of them chasing this guy. But Sheriff, like he... He does a minimal amount to try and stop this. He's event. just kind
0: of standing around dumbfounded, just watching he's, things happen around he's him. He's kind
1: of in a daze. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't understand what's happening or he doesn't have any idea what to do to stop it. I'm thinking point, of Loomis here. Like,
0: what is it you guys do? Fire a warning shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> like fire a couple of rounds into the air get uh, people to stop in their tracks.
1: Yeah. Get their attention, break them out of this frenzy. But this is one of the saddest parts of this movie to me is yeah. that The the lady who was downstairs or, Lear asking about her son, you see her because she's kind of following the crowd. It looks like, although she's not chanting, she's not part of the, no, the she... cult of evil dies tonight. But she passes this room that they're using as a morgue, and as she looks in the window, she sees Oscar. Yeah. Now, Oscar was the kid that got hung on the fence after he tried to make out with Allison in the uh the 2018 Halloween. Yeah. But this is how she finds out that her son is dead.
0: That fucking sucks so bad. I cannot even imagine.
1: And she just kind of collapses against the window. And and I, it's really short. Like, that's a shot that I feel like they could have lingered on that just a little more. You know, you've talked mm-hmm. about it in some of the other ones where it's like we spend enough time on it to make the audience really uncomfortable. Yes. I feel like that's a shot they could have done that with. Yes. They kind of gloss over it pretty quickly. Yeah. And then we go back to The Madness. And I just don't... Again, I just don't have much use for this. I'll, I will continue to say that I do like this movie. But this whole mob crap is, is part of the stuff that I really don't care for at all. So is this... This bullshit kind of continues. Karen finally gets the, the one useful deputy and makes him understand that this is not Michael. So they go together and they're in the stairway and they're trying to get the crowd to stop. And you get several deputies. They kind of gather up in this stairwell with the sheriff, too. And Tommy straight up punches one of the deputies. So now he's assaulted an officer. This guy needs to just... I would say he needs to go to jail, but I know how he ends. So And the sheriff just, like, stands in the middle of it and yells. Yeah. So he's completely useless.
0: And Karen get knocked, gets knocked the hell down and trampled by people. Like, it's, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. The scene pissed me off so damn much. Yeah,
1: yeah, but back in the room, that you know, they get her settled in, and, and, and she's kind of having a pity party.
0: Yeah, well, she's basically, or Lori, she's basically blaming herself for everything. This is my fault. I, you know, because the event's 40 years ago. I brought him here. It's all my fault. And then Hawkins basically is like, no, it's like, I could have made this all go away, but because something I did 40 years ago where I fucked up, it, this is on me. And so basically, he recalls the night where his partner superior got killed Pete where Pete got killed that he had shot him in the neck and then Loomis of course they get get Michael out front in front of the Strode house and they hit him a few times knock him down and Loomis decides that he's going to use this opportunity to just fucking kill him already but before that can happen Hawkins decides that he's going to intervene and keep him from shooting Michael because he has this reasoning in his in his in his head that he can be saved and
1: well he took a life he was trying to save a
0: life. Exactly. And, you know, he was like, this is somebody's son, which we don't know where the parents are at this point. He was tr- but just
1: trying to soothe his own guilt for accidentally shooting his partner. I,
0: I think so. But yeah, they're, they're basically just going back and forth talking about what they've done to these people and... <sighs> I don't know. It, it's that whole, it just harkens back to that whole, it needs to die. Because what she, she even says, Somebody every time someone's afraid, the boogeyman wins, basically. And then he, said, he reaffirms, it needs to die. And she says, and I'm the one that needs to kill it. And which is exactly what Hawkins said at the beginning of the movie. It needs to die, and I'm the one who needs to kill it.
1: Yeah. So the chase continues. <laughs> chase <laughs> evil dies tonight. <laughs> yeah, evil dies tonight. <laughs> but Karen has managed to get ahead of or separate herself from the rest of the crowd. (laughs) Sort of. And she sees the guy through a window. So she goes and she's like, hey, I'm here to help. And she kind of gets him into this hallway and they lock the doors on either end. And she's explained to him, I know it's not you and I'm not going to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. But she gets him sort of locked into this this corridor and I guess she thinks he's going to be safe. But he's not. So we see the crowd pounding up the stairs, and Karen has positioned herself on the outside of one of these double doors, presumably, to talk them out of whatever it is they're trying to do, to talk them down, and as soon as they come into view, she starts trying to tell them, it's not him, it's the wrong guy, they're screaming back, it is him, get him, and they try to break in the doors. So, sadly, this guy ends up sort of surrounded with groups of people trying to smash their way through the doors on each end of the corridor, and he I think he knows. Like, there's some sort some semblance of recognition there that he can't get away and he grabs a fire extinguisher and there was a moment here when i first saw this that i thought he's gonna fight back Mm -hmm. but that's not what he did with it he has a little bit of a meltdown and then he takes his fire extinguisher and breaks a window out and i I don't know. I didn't look to see how high up it was, but it was high enough. He smashes the window out, climbs out onto the ledge, and, of course, the people standing outside the hospital look up, and they see him standing there. People are chanting, evil dies tonight, and he jumps.
0: Yeah, this was, uh, I'm not going to lie. This was an incredibly hard scene for me to watch. The first time, I I didn't process it correctly, I guess, but uh, upon second viewing, I actually cried pretty hard. Like I said, it was really rough. I don't... I hate to be a dick, okay? I don't know that it's something that I would say necessarily belongs in a Halloween film. You don't necessarily go into a Michael Myers movie expecting to get commentary. But that's exactly what happened. And yeah, it's a rough scene. I I did not handle it very well but obviously you know once the aftermath is kind of i mean not aftermath uh, once the pandemonium's kind of died down a little bit these people kind of realize that they've fucked up finally
1: they're they're faced with the consequences of their action
0: yeah but there's a very forced line from bracket here where he's like he's turned us into the monsters like yeah you think like
1: bracket didn't help try to quell any of that
0: no. And it's just, and it seems out of character for him because his character in 78 was much more subdued and laid back and, you know, let's try to stay calm and let's not do anything rash. You know, he was the one trying to calm Loomis down for all intents and well, purposes. right up to
1: the point where his daughter died. I'm,
0: yes, I get that, but...
1: Yeah. And that would be a deal breaker, but back inside...
0: My hat! Our
1: wonderful sheriff... <laughs> <laughs> is just sitting on the stairs looking at his trampled hat. And that's pretty much his only contribution to this film. But we I get,
0: really hope they do something better with him in the we next We get some film. sort of
1: slow shots where we go from one character to another and just kind of focuses on their face and then moves on. But I don't know if it's supposed to, to show us the impact of what just happened on these individuals, but I don't know. I, this That whole scene was so tedious that I, I just kind of, I don't want to say I tuned out. I mean, obviously I watched it, but it wasn't great. And then we get another flashback scene of Hawkins trying to explain to his superior what happened? And he says, you know, give me the gun. So they, they swap guns, I guess, so that they won't know that Hawkins, accident, even though it was an accident, killed his partner.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand the point of this scene.
1: And they make up a story about how Michael ambushed him and he accidentally shot himself.
0: But it was an accident either way. I mean, could he have really gotten in trouble for an accidental shooting? Eh,
1: involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. But back at the hospital, Karen and Laurie are arguing again. She's like, it wasn't him. Well, let me find him then. And Hawkins is like, he's, he's not. The, the doctor took him to your house. It wasn't Michael. It's not about you. And I do appreciate
0: that. (laughs) This was a point in the movie where I kind of went, what?
1: Yeah. And you get the quick flashback of uh, Sartain stabbing Hawkins and dragging Michael off. But he says he's the six-year-old boy with the strength of a man and the mind of an animal. And I just, yeah, I I really appreciate that where he points it out to Lori that it's not about you. You're not the center of this universe. You're certainly not the center of his.
0: Yeah, I just, I didn't know how to take that. I mean, she was obviously a good sport about it because we've touched on it before, you know, where, yeah, sure, it's a big deal to have Jamie Lee Curtis back in H20 and 2018, but everybody's there for Michael. That's the draw. That's, you know, and so when he brought up that fact, like, it's not about you, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I I just wondered if that was a larger message. Eh,
1: Maybe. Could have been. I think she needed to hear it, though. But we get kind of a long, slow shot there with with Karen. Because Hawkins made the comment, you know, that when Michael was standing there staring out the window, was he looking out at Haddonfield or was he looking at his reflection? Was he looking in? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's supposed to mean anything or not, other than it's just some guy who's high on painkillers making a hypothesis. It could go either way, really. (laughs) (laughs) So Lonnie is, is still out and about with Cameron and Allison. And he's got a map. And he's like, look, he's going home. He did the same thing last time. He goes out. He kills. He hauls ass back to the house. And he's talking about how he came face to face with the asshole when I was a kid. Dude, you, you fell down and dropped your candy and he walked off. That's it. So then he does the epic idiot thing. And he takes these two children, because they are kids, mm-hmm. to Michael's house. And that's just, talking about bad parenting.
0: <laughs> that would be the last fucking thing I would do with our kids. Let's yeah. go to the crime scene of, or go to the home of the person who's slaughtering all these people. Right. No, I'd be getting my children the fuck out of Haddonfield.
1: Yeah. But back at the hospital, Tommy chases Karen down and he's like, I'm sorry, alright. I'm sorry," and she I'm says, you, up. "You took my daughter to chase a killer. What the fuck is wrong with you?" And he just keeps trying to apologize, and she's like, "So what? Now you're sorry?" It just feels too little,
0: too late at this point yeah. for him to be redeemable in any kind of a way. At this point, I'm fucking done with Tommy.
1: Yeah, but yeah, she, so she calls him on his bullshit. So Tommy tells her, "But if I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down swinging." <laughs> well, yeah, you are. Good for you. In a sense. And Karen tells him, "I need a car." Tommy's like, "I have a car." Well, good, Tommy. You're gonna do something useful in this in this movie. But Lonnie and Cameron and uh, Allison finally arrive at Michael's house, and Lonnie decides he's going to go in by himself. He's going to, I'm going to face him alone. But he, before he gets out, he realizes what he's done. I just brought my kids to Michael Myers house. Yeah. This was stupid. Yeah. We agree, Lonnie. You're kind of dumb.
0: And at that point he can still make the decision to just drive off. Go away right now. He doesn't have to go in there and try to be a fucking hero.
1: All he had to do was drive away. Yeah. That's it. Go to the next town, find a holiday and come back in the morning. It'll all be over. Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand what's so hard about this shit. But he's like, like if you see anything suspicious, honk the horn. He stay really safe. thinks
0: he's gonna take him out all by himself? Uh,
1: who knows? but i, I think a he's whole been drinking
0: firefighting team could take him out
1: i think he's been drinking whiskey out of that coffee mug the whole night that he's been <laughs> driving around so you never know and i'm not saying that the guy did a bad job acting wise oh no from no 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 character standpoint
0: robert longstreet was great he yeah. did a good job in this film
1: yeah he did a good job and he does a great job of playing a flawed character it's just those that character had some damn big flaws but he makes his way inside and he really doesn't last very long and he dies off screen you don't actually see him die mm-hmm.
0: but they hear the kids are sitting in the uh truck talking or whatever and they hear a gunshot go off so of course that makes them go oh god we got to go in there and find out what the fuck's going on
1: yeah let's jump up and run in there because that's a good idea
0: so at this point once the gunshots go off we get the kids go in to investigate the house and see what's going on and they go in with their guns and their flashlights and they're, they're basically just walking around for a few minutes and then he can't find his dad but they we get a jump scare here and then allison fires into a closet and what was it you said earlier well it's the about- same
1: closet that you get the jump scare in in the uh, in the flashback
0: that's right yeah
1: right only the, the first the first movie or the first flashback the closet was empty and this one she blasts a freaking pumpkin with a shotgun although why would you store a pumpkin on a top shelf of your closet
0: uh i think i read somewhere that michael did that that he set that up but i don't know what the intent for that would be that
1: seems like an odd thing for him to set up and it was a carved pumpkin too yeah but they freak out and now it's they hear footsteps upstairs so it's time to go investigate now i'm just gonna say this nothing good ever happens when you go upstairs in the myers house (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. And you hear Anne Murray, and it goes by a photo of Big John and Little John, and they're posed. Big John's sitting, and Little John's got his head in his lap. It's such a
0: sweet photo, and it's really, it's sad, because, like I said, I did actually really like those characters a lot. I would have spent, I would have gladly spent more time with them than I would most of that fucking mob scene. (laughs) Right. Like, just their, their banter back and forth, and, you know. I could have
1: just watched Big John getting high and listening to weird-ass music.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) but Michael, very... Like, he has a sick sense of humor for somebody who feels nothing because he has set Big John and Little John up in the same pose that was in the photograph. And Allison goes over there to
1: check on him and they're obviously dead. Yeah, and I don't understand... That part because she has a shotgun, but she decides to pull the knife out of Little John, too. Yeah. Like you need a shotgun and a butcher knife.
0: Well, to be fair, she does end up using both of them. So, I mean, I would think for somebody like Michael Myers, the more weapons, the better. I
1: agree. (laughs) I just, I don't, I would have, I would not have got those licks in because I would not, I would have left the knife. I already got a shotgun. I don't need a knife.
0: Yeah, but eventually (laughs) the shotgun's going to run out of ammo. Yeah. And you got to have backup. So, makes sense to me.
1: But out in the hallway, Cameron is in his, like, Barney Fife trigger finger.
0: Okay, you know what? Are closing
1: (laughs) in on the closet because we got more louvered closet doors because they love those.
0: At this point, I am more invested in Cameron's character and at this point, he's going down the hall trying to look for his dad and then we see that his outstretched hands holding a gun have blood dripping on him and he looks up and he sees his dad hanging out of the ceiling or attic access and then Michael just flies out there stabbing him in the gut multiple times Um, and then Allison goes to find out what's what the commotion is she tries to take a shot at Michael and he slaps a shotgun out of her hand at which point she starts stabbing him she
1: goes like prison shank style on him too
0: yeah but he grabs her by the neck and fucking bashes her hand ag- head against a banister and sends her rolling down the stairs and it looks like does she break her She
1: she leg? fucked her knee up good like oh, the man. first time I watched this I missed that part and like I was like so what you rolled down the stairs and now you can't move but the second or third time I watched it I noticed the angle that her leg was at there briefly. Yeah, she she jacked and me she up. And
0: she lets out this horrible fucking scream and this is one thing that I gotta say too, is that the performances here are fucking amazing. Yeah, these kids did a good these job. These kids did a tremendous job. Like I said, when she screams because of her leg, I felt that shit. I was like, oh my god. And Cameron just, or you know, the, I think his name's Dylan, but I can't remember his last name. Dude acted his ass off here.
1: He did a better job in this than he did in the first one but yeah back upstairs he pulls that knife out of his gut and tries to go for his pistol but Michael stomps his hand down and he's not having it. At this point Michael's oh, just God. Michael's I'm, just playing with his food now.
0: This scene is just un fucking believable.
1: Because he yeah he bashes him through the uh the railing on the, the upstairs sort of the balcony at the stairwell and just starts slamming his head around in the hole. They
0: up and down side to side like he's
1: trying to unlock and those cheat codes. I know B A B A start <laughs> But it looks like he's probably crushed his esophagus yeah, or his trachea. And the kid can't breathe, which I don't know why that didn't just straight kill him. But.
0: And Allison, she tries to distract him here, but like, sorry, I automatically thought of Buster Rhymes. Look at me!
1: Come
0: at me! Oh, I, would, I thought about
1: Arnold. I'm here! Come get me! <laughs> but but we,
0: we see that maybe he's distracted long enough to leave Cameron alone,
1: but no. Oh, he's a sadistic Michael. Yes, he is. But if I was Cameron, I would want him to finish me off quickly like that. I wouldn't want to be left choking on my own Think blood. Think of
0: the pain that he's fucking going through with his oh, yeah. neck. God so almighty. It was almost a
1: mercy kill.
0: No kidding.
1: But Michael Michael stalks... Uh allison downstairs and she tries to stab him and he's basically he's about to st- turn the knife on her and stab her and she's like do it yeah do it
0: she's full-on badass she looks here over
1: his shoulder and screams do it and there's karen and she stabs him with the pitchfork that the the, the dummy on the front porch of the the john's house has been and holding. then i
0: don't understand it. she's she stabs him one time with the pitchfork uh, and yes she just curbs- stomped her head yeah then
1: she curb stomps him. but i
0: don't understand why she doesn't keep going with the
1: pitchfork oh, and go for right for sure. his fucking head she's she just kept going. But instead, she pulls the mask off and runs away. But I really feel like she might have had a chance to end it here. And when she took, took the mask off and I saw James Jude Courtney's bald spot, I was like, damn it, don't show me his face. I don't want to see his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, but yeah, she's taunting him with the mask and basically take me. And okay, she's trying to lead him away.
0: Yeah, but, but this like, whole part where she's talking about, it's just like your sister. I'm an innocent woman, just like your sister. I could have done without that. It's yeah,
1: like, I mean, she could have just said, come get your mask. We know what happened
0: to Judith. You don't have to remind us.
1: But yeah, they keep cutting away to long shots where his face is not really in focus. But at the same time, I don't want to see his face. Don't humanize him for me. That doesn't do anything for me. No, he, he just needs to be the shape. Yes. But she she runs away, and Allison's screaming, Mom. But it doesn't matter because Michael's coming for you now.
0: Yeah, and actually that part where Allison, she's kind of slinking back, and she's just crying, Mama, Mama. I like that
1: part. It actually kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, but Karen's no dummy. She uh, she she would have made a good final girl. Probably. Yeah, well, she's smart. She fights.
0: She she set him up basically the same way that she did in 2018's Halloween, mm-hmm. where she was standing there pointing the shotgun at him. And she's crying, I can't do it, I can't do it. And as soon as he gets right in front of her, she's like, Gotcha! And then yep. blast his ass. And it's no different here. She did, pulls the same shit.
1: Yeah, she leaves the mask in the middle of the street, and then you see all these headlights come on, and Tommy's mob has arrived. <laughs> Evil <Hey>, does <dice> tonight.
0: <laughs> I think.
1: <laughs> evil dies tonight but they got him surrounded
0: I, this part I remember like the first time just being like oh my god like what the fuck is about to happen here
1: well this was a great moment for me and a terrible moment for me at the same time because yes he's surrounded yes he's in danger but he reaches down to put the mask on and they fire up the theme song and I'm like oh you guys are fucked now
0: <laughs> but not before fucking bracket having the most forced fucking line in the movie oh yeah which is it's Halloween everybody's entitled to
1: one good scare. Like, uh, I don't need him to keep recycling that line. But Michael puts his mask on and I was expecting some epic badassery here, but he really only injures the guy in the tiger pajamas.
0: And there's a lady with a fucking iron in the crowd. <laughs> I know, yes. I too once. Wants- 20 yes. years ago, you so, tried to use an iron as a weapon. We will not
1: go into that story tonight. But they proceed <laughs> to... Yeah, he gets one good lick in with the knife on the guy in the tiger pajamas. And then they proceed to just beat him down. And then tiger pajamas shoots him. <laughs> He's not credited. I don't know what to tiger call him. Tiger pajamas? <laughs> I dubbed the Tiger Pajamas. <laughs> so, and it's yeah. I mean, at this point, they're just kicking the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, they give him a beat down for sure. And I know the guys from Wham were kind of worried about that scene. They were like, oh, my God, don't hurt him.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Tommy tells Karen, because she kind of steps up and he's like, we got this. Go be with your daughter. But who does he think he's talking to? Yeah. Like, this chick's tougher than you ever thought about, guy. <laughs> yeah. You and your baseball bat need to go home. Yeah,
0: Karen at this point has done more than Tommy's done the whole night.
1: But she sees Michael trying to reach for his butcher knife, and she reaches down and picks it up and just fucking stabs him, like right in the back.
0: Yeah, and even Tommy has a look of like, ah, like he
1: cringes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do with the serial killer. But we get this... Voiceover from lori and she's talking how she thought that she'd always thought that Michael Myers was a uh, a mortal man, but
0: but a mortal man couldn't survive what he
1: right yeah what he's been through. So now we're trying to bring some supernatural shit into this. It kind of feels like that the more he kills, the stronger he gets, and he (laughs) becomes impossible to, to defeat.
0: People's fear is is powering him, and I don't know, and that's his true curse.
1: I don't know that I like that necessarily. And
0: then the line is repeated by Allison, only this time she's telling her mother he's still around
1: even if we can't see him. Well, this is true. But Karen's back and she's uh, kind of there with her daughter. We, we just get a bunch of flashing back and forth with Laurie and Hawkins talking about how you can't defeat it with brute force. And then Brackett is drawing down on him. And all of a sudden Michael comes to life. spins around and he just starts carving these fuckers up.
0: This is the second best scene in the movie.
1: And like this is the this is like the firefighter scene. I mean he knocks down a good dozen people probably.
0: Yeah. It's just he is just mowing through those people yeah. like they're nothing.
1: And the scene looks totally different than the original because they had to come back and reshoot this, I think. Yes, yes. And they, they had they to did. reshoot it on a sound stage and that's the reason your your lighting looks different. Yeah, but everything
0: looks black behind.
1: He just butchers his way through this through Tommy's evil dies tonight cult (laughs) which just did my heart good (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I was pretty happy to see all those guys go.
0: And meanwhile, Karen's standing in front of the Myers house and she looks up through Judith's window and she sees little Michael, much like the way Jamie Lloyd saw the vision of little Michael in part four. So I thought that was very interesting that it was the daughters in both movies that would see that incarnation of him.
1: Yep. And back out in the street, Tommy goes for the the final strike with old Huckleberry (laughs) and Mike doesn't even give a shit. He just straight up stabs him in the heart. And
0: that is the most terrifying face to look. Into be, and, to be the last thing you see before you die.
1: Yeah, and you get kind of a stare down, but you can tell Tommy's terrified. I think it took all of that for him to realize that he fucked up.
0: <laughs> you know, fucked up, A.A. Ron.
1: And then you zoom in on Tommy's face and Michael's got the baseball bat in his hand and splatter. Oh, man. He splatter. turned his head to jelly. He swung for the fences on that one. But back at the Myers house, Karen is just looking up. But she seems to be fascinated by the, the top floor. She she sees Lonnie's body folded up in there. But now there's blood on the stairs. So we don't know what the timeline looks like here between Michael killing all those people in the street and what's happening right now. But there's there's a trail of blood going up there. And she goes into Judas' room and stares out the window we get some more Lo- lori voicing over yeah but the, honestly the stuff a lot of the stuff that she's saying here is not super relevant it,
0: it's basically just more of the same like a, basically how powerful he is
1: yeah but as karen is standing there staring out Judas' window which is basically the mark of death michael appears behind her and she turns to protect herself, and, and this it's much like him killing Judith the first time.
0: well, actually, I was gonna say this is a direct homage to Psycho because we get a bunch of quick cuts and just her hands and shots of him stabbing. And it's very, very reminiscent to the shower scene in psycho,
1: so. yeah, and I didn't. Uh green say that she's dead
0: yes he did he did make it known that karen is dead Yeah,
1: because there was some talk about that did she hallucinate it because she'd seen little michael in the window did this really happen or was well Lori they're saying imagining the, it yeah laurie
0: was imagining it that that's why it kept cutting to her because she was imagining
1: that Yeah, but he confirmed that she is dead yes so but that's it that's it we cut that's the end of the movie.
0: Roll credits. So, so, <laughs> so at the same time. But um, Well, for
1: all the problems that we talked about and all the stuff in this movie that pisses me off, I still like it.
0: I do. I, I very much enjoyed this movie. I, I did have more positives than negatives with it. Michael being probably 80 to 90% of those positives. I think for me,
1: it's some of the, I guess more of the technical stuff than any of the acting choices where I feel like the lighting was good. Even though I feel like if it had been a little bit darker, I'd have still been okay. Mm-hmm. I think the camera worked, cinematography, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Michael. Uh, 1978 yeah. Michael and this Michael. Yes. They're your your Courtney. Um, I think both of those guys did a phenomenal job. And and that's been criticized that, you know, it's just a brutal Michael killing people.
0: Yeah, I heard that too. Like, that's not Michael. That's Jason Voorhees. Which I get. I, g- that. I, get I, g- I can understand that
1: argument. Okay. And I, and I even said that in some of the other Halloween movies, but I didn't really get that much of that feel here. Mm-hmm. Because all the rest of the behaviors were still Michael behaviors. It was just the brutality of the kills. But if you think about it in this one, it's been 40 years since he killed somebody. He's all pent up.
0: <laughs> Daddy's, let's freak. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like he's, he's working through some aggression. And you saw that when he bends that dude over the chopping block and turns him into a pincushion. Yeah. But I think technically the movie was was good. Some of the acting from uh, like Lonnie, uh, the, the girl that plays Allison, even Cameron, uh, Karen. I think Karen, mm-hmm. that actress did a, a fantastic job. Judy Greer. Yeah, she's, she's really great. There were some that I could do without. I could do without the sheriff. I could do without Hawkins. I could do without Tommy. I could do without Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs> Did I say that twice? Yes. Okay. I understand that they needed to pad the body count a little bit, and that's really all the, the doctor and his wife were for. I could have done without both of them. Um, I think the kids that stole the candy from Big and Little John, I think they were great. Mm-hmm. Like, those, they were great at being little assholes. And then, uh, well, back to Big John and Little John. I think those guys did a great job. Yeah, they
0: were absolutely I, fun.
1: I liked, I enjoyed those characters and seeing them on screen. They interacted well together. I mean, even though it, I kept saying, thinking, like, so it's just Big John and Stuart. Ho <laughs> <laughs> Me do it, but <laughs> I think they did a good job. Mm-hmm. As, as far as the cons go, really, it's it's that whole. It all centers around Tommy yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the part that really just irritates me is his his whole storyline. I think he ate it way too much screen in this movie.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And I don't know. It's nothing against was Anthony Michael Hall. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be the weird science guy for me because that's the first movie ever saw him in, and that was forty years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I really wish they'd cast Paul Rudd to come back as and and play Tommy again. Because I feel like he would have brought something different to that role. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, he would have made it a little more believable. Mm-hmm. And maybe as a more seasoned actor, he could have gone back to the writers with those lines and said, look guys, this sucks. We need to do something about it.
0: But unfortunately, he was busy off filming the new Ghostbusters movie. so
1: Which we're going to watch. <laughs> yeah, I saw the trailer. It's awesome. We're watching it so but i don't know that's pretty much it for me the other thing i'm kind of excited about and it's not about this movie necessarily is that halloween ends is supposed to release on my birthday next year yep and if i'm not working we're gonna go watch it
0: (laughs) i can't wait i'm i'm so damn excited for it just just to see where they go with it i mean there's some wild speculation going out there
1: well according to uh to green It's supposed to take place about four years after Mm -hmm. this one. It is supposed to address the COVID bullshit. And he said or he described it as, as Halloween ends, this is that we're talking about, as a coming-of-age story and a more intimate movie where some of the characters have processed the insanity of the Circus of the Massacre of 2018, and they've also processed the world as it's spun pretty wildly in the last four years. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, their movies are going to be a year apart, but it's supposed to be a four-year difference in movie time. Right, so, right. It'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if nothing else, these movies have had a fresh take on this lore, and I mean... That's what we want, right? We don't want to see the same shit rehashed over and over and over and over. Now that being said, choices were made that I didn't necessarily agree with, but
1: so there's enough, there's twelve Halloween movies now. Yeah, not every Halloween movie is going to fit every person, right? Like I really like the first one. I'm okay with the second one. I like these two. I'm not a fan of the Thorn trilogy. Right. There's people out there that like the Thorn trilogy, and that's fantastic. But personally, I like this one. How about you? What are your likes and dislikes? <laughs>
0: Well, much of my likes are the same as yours. Um, so to piggyback off of you, Michael's fantastic. That's the best part of the film. Um, the brutal massacre of the firemen and then of the mob at the end of the movie, those were two highlights of the film for me. Um, I like, I like the more quiet, stalky Michael of 78, but I do fucking love me some brutal Michael. I still That's, feel like
1: you get a little bit of the quiet stocky Michael. You
0: do, you do. But I a do a little bit. I do love a brutal Michael. It's like taking Nick Castle's and Rob Zombies and making a child between the two of those where there's this perfect harmony you know what i mean and the actors portraying michael did just a tremendous job and from what i understand nick castle did have a scene in the mask but it was cut unfortunately but i think it is supposed to show up in the blu-ray that's supposed to have the alternate ending and all that stuff after the fact Yeah, there's
1: supposed to be an extended cut of this movie released at some point
0: Uh uh-huh this one did have i felt like it had less humor than the last one but what little humor it did have i did enjoy it landed with me i loved big john little john um i liked the bully kids. uh, Well, you said the modern Mulanies. I did Mm -hmm. enjoy them very much. Again, cinematography, the score, like everything. I really, really adore the flashback scene. Loomis, all of that. It just hit the vibe so well that it it felt like being in that movie all over again. And my cons are really not that much. They're really not. Most of my cons just have to basically revolve around some of the dialogue choices, some of the writing choices. I don't mind the mob mentality setting. I I get what they were trying to do with that. I just don't feel like we needed that much of a percentage of the movie spent on it.
1: Well, this movie's an hour and 45 minutes. They could have cut quite a bit of that out and. Still had a long movie.
0: And still gotten that point across. I I, I felt like too much time was wasted on that. I I don't like the character of Tommy. That was, that's probably my biggest con of this movie at all. I've never, it's nothing against Anthony Michael Hall. I've just never been his biggest fan, I guess. Because while you say word science, I say Edward Scissorhands and I fucking hated him in that movie. So, (laughs) but, but again, nothing to do with him personally. I just, I didn't buy him in this role I don't like the way the character was written. And I think it's great that we brought back the legacy characters. I do. I loved seeing that. My problem with it is it didn't have to dominate as much of the movie as it did. A couple of cameos or something. But to just hand that much of the reins over to some of these people who haven't acted in
1: years, you know. Well, we made a <sighs> we made a big chunk of this movie. I think what you're trying to they made a whole big piece of this movie about characters that didn't have much happen to them to begin with. Right. They weren't active really in the first movie. Mm -hmm. And we really let them eat up a lot of screen time.
0: Yes. Yes. And
1: and created this whole PTSD thing. I think you brought this up Mm -hmm. when we were talking through the movie that they really wouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you saw him drive by in a station wagon. That's not going to traumatize you for your whole life right like, so i get where you're coming from there i agree i think they could have spent more time probably with karen and allison well that and was going to be shit even cameron
0: my next complaint was going to be i really felt like they underutilized jamie lee curtis in this film and i understand she was all the way fucked up but it just sucked that 80 percent of the movie was her lying in a hospital bed
1: well for her part all they did was reshoot halloween too yes More or less. Yeah. They gave her some different dialogue, and she's old now. But (laughs) she basically just redid her role from Halloween 2, where you're going to lay in a hospital bed for the whole movie.
0: Yeah, but that being said, it did not ruin the movie. For, I mean, none of these complaints ruined the movie for me at all. They're just my little nitpicks. It doesn't take me out of the film. It doesn't make me, like I said earlier, it doesn't make me rage quit the series or whatever. It, I mean, if nothing else, it just makes me that much more hyped for the next one. Like, where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, I really want to see how. I really want to see how Halloween ends. <laughs> see what <I> did there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the for the last one. I want to see how they how they turn this thing out. So yeah,
0: and hopefully this time next year, we won't. I mean, it was actually kind of cool the way it worked out that we got to see it in the theater, then we got to come home and have it on a streaming service because oh, we've, yeah. we've watched it at least 10 times. Since we've gotten it, but...
1: um Well, there's so many Easter eggs in this movie.
0: <laughs> we watched it so many times just to pick out things. And I know it sounded like 80% of the time I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. But guys, I'm still sick and I'm just trying to get through this. So thank you for hanging with me and letting Travis be your fearless leader once again. You
1: know, I edit out all your coughs, so no one's <laughs> going to believe that you really
0: said I'm sorry. But hopefully in the next couple of weeks or so, I'll be right back to it and travis can go back just being facts guy for you guys yeah, and you're
1: supposed to lead these things i just do tech will. support
0: yeah and hopefully i will go back to to leading but <laughs> again thank you for hanging with us we know that this episode was a little long in the tooth but yeah i i enjoyed this movie a lot and i i don't know what it is about the films coming out this year in particular that are making them so fucking divisive you know and it, it, it seems to be the movies that are trying to say something you know well we're gonna candyman's up to buy now right We already
1: bought it so
0: of course I bought it when yeah, it came out
1: <laughs> so that one's that one's coming. Yes, I mean, we've got.
0: Unfortunately, uh, it's probably not going to be till the start of the next year. We've we've got a schedule lined up for yeah, the rest yeah, of this we've month. We've got in some December. real life
1: stuff coming up that's gonna that may be a little bit disruptive. We're going to try to keep everything still. Keep you all with an episode every week. They may sound a little different because we've got some details we're going to have to work out. But yes, uh, we going to take care of this real life stuff. Yeah, so. so
0: you guys probably won't hear from us for the month of January. We're hoping to be back in February, but we're definitely going to keep you covered for the rest of November and all of December. But Travis is going on a new adventure and got to get some stuff worked out and amongst ourselves on how we can continue this thing. But we got way the fuck off topic for some yeah, I don't know reason. Yeah, why
1: you, you started talking about all that crazy <laughs>
0: But um, yeah, something about the movies that have come out this year that have had anything having to do with any type of social commentary have been the most divisive. And the only thing I can think of is that people are like, I don't need a lecture. I just want to be entertained. I say you can do both. You know, if you just want mindless horror or whatever, you've got the fucking eight other Halloweens before that you can watch. You've got the three other Candyman movies you can watch before, although I will say that part one still has a buttload of commentary in it. But if you want something to watch to turn your brain off, go watch those films. Films are always evolving all the time. If you want
1: to see Michael Myers, but you don't want to have to think about it, and you're not really worried about it being very good, watch Rob Zombie's. Okay, don't be
0: mean. I'm just saying there's something for everybody. Agreed. There's literally enough movies out there for you to go choose from. But movies should be allowed to grow and evolve and do something new. Why keep doing the same fucking shtick over and over and over? That's why these movies get stale to begin with.
1: Why are you telling me to wrap it up? You need to climb down off that soapbox.
0: (laughs) I'm not on a soapbox. I'm just saying, We'll let you talk now. <laughs> no, I am not want to talk. We're done.
1: We're done. You'll just go on about that for another 15 minutes.
0: I'm sorry. I no, get heated about it. No, we're not trying to kick it. out a
1: three-hour episode here. No,
0: I just get heated about it because, like I said, a couple of my friends have been kind of attacked on social media because they liked the movie, and that's just...
1: Yeah, that's the reason I let you handle the social media part.
0: Don't harsh on their gig, bro.
1: Yeah. We've talked about that several times, though. Like what you like and move on.
0: Yeah, don't don't fault us for liking what we like.
1: Well, nobody has. Fortunately, we haven't received any negative commentary <laughs> Not about yet. our opinions on movies. This may be the one. <laughs> According to you, I'm earning it. So you are.
0: Not trying to. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> so anyway, really, I think that is it for us. Yeah. So
0: next week we're going to be doing what prom night right prom night yeah this is this was a request from one of our friends of the show karima and uh, i've never
1: seen prom night
0: yeah i know this might be fun for I think you i
1: said that when we recorded child's play yeah we've been trying to plan around this for a little while but yeah it'll be an interesting deal for me
0: yeah so i and i think i said this last week too i'll get a list out there of what our schedule is going to look like for december but until then guys um Fucking watch Halloween Kills as many times as you can until Peacock pulls it off the shelf.
1: 60 days. They're going to stream it for 60 days. No. So. so watch it and then cancel your subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding.
0: I'm <laughs> anyway. And for the love of God, don't forget your password.
1: Oh, man.
0: Write down your fucking Peacock password.
1: <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Ashley, guys. Write down your password.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Adios.
1: Bye. Hey, Ashley. So what would people do if they're enjoying the show and they want to leave us a review?
0: You'd review the show on your favorite platform, but that's just me. But who are you? I'm Spooky Mom 83 You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not going to direct you to Facebook because I hate it.
1: <laughs> and I guess that makes me L 80 on Twitter. Just don't expect a lot.
0: Yeah, you're not really big on the social stuff.
1: I'm socially inept. <laughs>
0: that's true but if you guys want to reach out tell us what your favorite movie is got any requests any questions stuff like that you know
1: they can just stop in and say hi
0: they can just stop in and say hi i will say hi 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 hello there (laughs) but seriously guys feel free to reach out to us on all of our social media platforms
1: so they can kind of just stop in for whatever they want
0: and tell travis why he's the better of the two obviously
1: please please do that (laughs) till next time guys later bye